Keep going. Well, it, we were just doing a little uh, talk before we started rolling, and it seems at least two of us do not like Mr. Tim Robbins. He's not a good actor. I agree. Ever since I was a duck. Fucking majority rules, man. Majority uh, rules. Three oh, of us ducks. Okay, I'll say this. How are the ducks' his best role? Uh, <laughs> I'll, you know what? I got a I got a back coin on this one. Howard the Duck really is his best role. That's pretty good, yeah. The player is. Uh, oh, uh, I, I'm. Uh, I'm not saying Tim Robbins is a great actor, but I think that he was great in this movie. I mean, I think this is his best role. In what Seriously. movie is that, Alex? The Shawshank Redemption. Yes. Shawshank Dead Kids and Diary. Shanking. Oh, shanking. Bob Gunn. I remember him from Ace Ventura Part 2 and Nature Calls. Believe it. And a lot of other stuff, though. Big cast. Big cast. The great William Sadler. Very nice. A lot of heavy hitters in this movie. A lot of heavy oh, hitters. Oh, yeah. I mean, I actually saw an interview with Clancy Brown that when he got cast in this, he was like, he thought it was a mistake. He was like, you know, you, he said, look at, at the cast. I was like, I, I went into the, the read-through expecting someone to say, I'm sorry, dude. We were like looking for someone else, not you. Because he thought he was so, you know, not good enough to be, you know, looking with some of these heavy hitters in this. Uh, oh, my God. They took one I look love at Clancy the, Brown. They took one look at the Kurgan and went, that's our guy. <laughs> Plain and simple. Uh, there's two Stephen King movies I can think of with Clancy in them. Is there more than two? Could anybody know the, know the second one? The Green Mile. Oh, Pet Cemetery 2, obviously. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Pet Cemetery 2, yes. Father. Um, I think so. That might be uh, it, yeah. I think, I think that is it. I'm not 100% sure, but those are the two. And they couldn't be further di- further apart in, in subject matter and genre, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I enjoyed part two of Pet Cemetery. I remember that popping off Edward Furlong at, at the prime before he went downhill. I actually like Pet Cemetery two a lot more than I like Pet Cemetery one. I, I kind of have to side with James. There are elements of part two I like a little more than the first one, even though I think the first one is a bona fide classic. Oh, heck yeah. It, it, the, the first one is a great introduction to the concept, but I feel like they definitely had way more fucking fun with it in Pet Cemetery 2. Yeah. It, yeah. They, there was just some really nutty shit going on. And Clancy Brown is obviously a huge part of that puzzle. Oh, yeah. I get a feeling there was a lot of laughing going on. on that oh, yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, just the kid with the scarf and the dirt bike and like, yeah. oops, like, come on, fucking great. <laughs> That's one of those scenes that always sticks out in my head whenever I think of that movie. Is, you know, um, just 
Just him saying that. Just like as he's like melting this kid's face with a fucking dirt bike tire. He's like, whoops. Yeah. That's fucking great. I'm trying to remember, is Doug Hutchinson also in this one, or was that Green Mile? That's Green Mile. That okay. might be Green Mile, yeah. Mm-hmm. Another another Stephen King non-horror that we will dive into probably in like a year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who here outside of the credits when they see it on the screen knew that this was a, a King film when they first watched it? No, I I didn't know it when I I, first I had no idea until I watched it originally, like a while back. But yeah, I've known for a while. But yeah, well, James, I, I you're book. well, I, the I, thing the, the the thing about it is, is like given the king king being the shared universe that it is, even before Shawshank Redemption, Shawshank Prison is mentioned all the fucking time. Yeah, in a lot of books. And, yeah, I mean, the minute I saw the Shawshank Redemption, like, the name, I was like, oh, that's got to be Ken. And I was right. Isn't the book called Rita Haywood in the Shawshank Redemption or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. They don't want to keep that name, huh? They don't want to keep the full name. They they didn't want to keep the full name because there was a whole thing about that when they were going to do that, a lot of the uh, the producers involved was afraid that people would think, oh, this must be a film about Rita Hayward or, you know, that she was in well, it or she was involved in it. So that's why they went with Shawshank Redemption. And actually, while Shawshank Redemption is a great title and all that, that's one of the reasons why it didn't do so well because a lot of people didn't know how to take the name. I mean, unless... They were like James, who were fans of Stephen King and knew of Shawshank Prison in his other works. It, it, I mean, a lot of people were like, had no idea what it was supposed to be. So a lot of people just passed on it. But the reason it became such a big cult was, um, it, it's, it fell in the same kind of category as like, it's a wonderful life. When it came out, it did not do that well. But because of that, it was cheap. So TV uh, TV programs, uh, TV channels could get it cheap, and if they had nothing else, they'd run it. You know, at you know at times to fill you know gaps, and that's why it got like a resurgence. I read that Stephen King was paid five thousand dollars for the rights, and they never cashed the check. He framed it, and he gave it to Frank Darabont later in life. As a gift that he said, if you ever need bill money, there it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it was funny because um, there was another thing I heard that when Frank Darabont uh, talked to Stephen King about doing it, Stephen King thought he was joking because he didn't think that his short story was really filmable. Because if you read the short story, it was just from Red's point of view and... And it was just a narration, pretty much. And it was course, very observatory. It was very yeah. observatory. It was not cinematic in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. I get, I get, I get where the trepidation would be there for trying to transfer it to a movie because it was very straight ahead. Red's well, a, red, yeah, yes, Alexander. Well, I mean, one of the things that I love, which really I think um, 
hits home with this and other Stephen King uh, film stories and all that is the fact that the horror in his horror movies were always psychological, okay? And this film is nothing but psychological. The psychological toil it goes through, you go through while yeah. being in prison. And while it is definitely not one of his standard supernatural affairs, it reeks of Stephen King when you you put it together because of all the you know psychological things that he really brings out. Absolutely, Absolutely. Yeah. it's 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 King through and through, even though he's not dealing with the typical kind of monster. Because there's definitely monsters in this movie. There's oh, yeah. Sure, yeah. people. You know what I mean? Like Clancy. Now in the in the in the story, Red was originally a middle aged Irish dude. You know, mm-hmm. Morgan Freeman, uh, Darabont just wanted him to do this from the get-go, I guess. Because yeah. it was an authoritative vibe, you know what I mean? So that yeah. makes the line, it's because I'm Irish, so much more better. Yeah. Makes sense, yeah, I know. <clears throat> I think it's incredibly clever that they actually left that in. Yeah. Just because, yeah. you know. Actually, another interesting thing is that they never talk about in the movie, but from what I heard about in the book, Red ended up uh, getting into prison for like a, a grisly murder or something like that. So, I think I mean, you can argue the main reason they kept it out was I mean, you're supposed to like Red, boy, okay? Yeah. And but I I think it would have been better if if they put put it in in there just for the fact that you know these guys who are in prison they're not in there just for. Yeah, you know, shits and giggles. That these. You know what it was, have... huh? Do you, do you know what he supposedly did in the book? What it was. So um, bad? I I think it was like a um like a hold up. Like he was, you know, and he like beat someone to death or something like that. I think. No, you, I mean, you're you're pretty you're pretty much on the money, Alex. That's that's pretty much exactly what it was. It was like a failed robbery, and he like beat a guy to hmm. death. It wasn't. It wasn't like, oh, accidental shooting or, like, some kind of secondary version of murder. Like, he picked up something blunt and fucking smashed a guy's face in. You know what I mean? So, it wasn't, it wasn't like, I understand why they left it out because Red has to be relatable, right? Or the yeah. or, or the story doesn't fucking work. Like, he has to be somebody that the audience can connect with. So, I understand I, why they left it out in the context of the movie because that's, that's how, that you're, you bring that up, and it comes out pretty comes out pretty relatively early in the story. So you bring that out in a movie, you got a real uphill walk to get somebody to connect with that character at that point. Yeah. Most of us haven't bashed someone's face in with a fucking blunt instrument. Uh, speak for yourself, James. Speak for yourself. Oh, I wasn't. <laughs> I was speaking for all of you. <laughs> Zang. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I totally agree and understand that. But also, you know, I, I sometimes I think and I understand why people, you know, keep it out so you can be uh, be more relatable to to a character. But sometimes that kind of backstory, I think, adds and gives more gravitas to, you know, I mean, I always have a problem when they have stories in prisons and all that and, and they have like the hero and all that and they they have to make it like, oh, he's in there unjustly. He didn't do it. And 
Honestly, I think it'd be a lot more interesting if you have someone who's in prison because of something horrific, and then you have them redeem themselves. It's an uphill battle, yeah. but well, it makes it a more interesting story. I, I agree with both of you and James on that, but it's it would be difficult because Red's kind of like the righteous guy in the film a little bit, you know what I mean? And if you knew that he was in there because he just took a dude's life for trying not to get caught doing something he wasn't supposed to be doing, it'd be... You kind of have a different, I mean, that can be relatable, of course, because you, you know, you assume you as a singulary person, if you were to, uh, put between a rock and a hard place, you would do whatever you could to get out of that position, but probably be a lot more, uh, work to get that across to the audience, you know. But Freeman was, this is Morgan Freeman's favorite movie of his that he's ever done, supposedly. Well, I mean, I mean, this movie itself, I mean, launch a whole aspect of his career. I mean, mm. how many of us, you know, can't help but almost in our minds when we're thinking of a narrator of a story or something that we don't have like Morgan Freeman's voice pop into our head. Before this, he was just a Denzel Washington impersonator at birthday parties. And now he's a full-blown actor. You know what I mean? <laughs> Bill, you all right over there? You look like the dude who wrote the fucking room. What's going on over there? Wiseau. Tommy Wiseau. What's going on? <laughs> oh, Tommy Wiseau. I, <laughs> I, did I did not, not hear her. I did not. I did not. I did not. <laughs> so how's your sex life? <laughs> oh, no, I'm just like Bernie Lomaxon over here. I dig it. Well, this dude's evil. He's just him and Clans to the evil twins of the show. I, I gotta say, I mean, uh, I forget his name, uh, the warden. He's been in the last Bob Gutton. Yeah, Bob Gutton. Great, great actor, standing with Clancy Brown. Those two actors in this film are probably the two biggest powerhouses in really selling, you know, the the evilness of this institution. It gotta be, yeah. And and it's and I've seen them in a lot of other projects. Well, they playing villains, but in the end, the these two roles are probably the you know the best roles of both of their careers, in my humble opinion. Probably. Movie was a was a flop when it came out to theaters originally. It was made no money. It had life later. Later, like, mm. yeah, it, it's it's a pretty early example of home video saving the financials. You know what I mean? So this wasn't nominated. I figured this would after you know maybe not make a lot of loot or whatever. But I, I think I, if I anything was probably nominated for best original script. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'd be wondering what this went against that year because this is pretty great. You know what I mean? I mean, I do remember this movie hey. was nominated. This one was Robbins. Yeah, it was nominated. It just didn't make any money. Baby pot. Ooh, you smell like a baby. Do that on purpose to entice the men. It's actually not baby powder. It's supposed to be delousing. It's a it's a powder concentrate to kill lice. Ah, there you go. I th- I thought it was flour. I thought they were going to roll them around and bake them. No, this isn't like Super Troopers. It's not a powdered sugar incident. Cocaine. <laughs> okay. mm. Cell block 54. 
There's that was some. Where are you? Now I'm pretty there sure is. the Louser was actually incredibly carcinogenic, so it's like skin cancer. Oh, I'm sure, dude. I could only imagine prostate cancer. You know, yeah, all, like, the like, all the fun, all the fun cancers. It's like throwing silica at you. You're gonna get yeah, pretty much either way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 one of those it's one of those things where it's like. We're kind of altering your genetic material, but we don't want no bugs in this motherfucker. Good luck. Yeah. Woo. Lights out, dude. Yeah. The first night in the big house is the scariest night, they said. Yeah. Well, it's the uh, most likely that someone's going to come and claim you, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Hold my pocket, boy. Anyways. Excuse me, but what no, are you no, holding no. in your jailhouse wallet, if you know what I mean? And oh, I'm he's going to put something in his pocket. I'm going to put sure. something in that I'm wallet, something in my pocket for you. So get rid of squeeze and say, what do you do? I <laughs> pocket, something. That's an old, old song. It wasn't just made for South Park. Oh, damn. But now I need to know it. I'm far more terrified of that song in the context that we were speaking of in it tonight. <laughs> so give it a squeeze and say, how do you do? Nope. No one should sing that. No one should sing that tonight. That's just, no. No, man. It's not cool. Uh, it's it's the big boys going to the Seeing the lights go off, I just watched recently, the first time, A Haunted House. And it's like... Company? The uh, therapist when he's in prison and he's like, you know, get over here. Kiss me on my mouth. I'm feeling all romantical. The comedy, right? The comedy. uh, Marlon Wayans. Yeah, the spoof. Yeah, I I missed that one. I didn't catch that one. But it's good, Bill. Yeah. Poor guy's going to break down. Have a mental breakdown. Well, I think that's the case with most people when they find themselves all locked up. William's loving it. This was pre uh, when he did that Tales from the Crypt episode, The Man Who Is Death, which is one of the best tales. I love him in that. That's probably one of my favorite things William Sadler ever did. And Demon Knight's classic, too. The um, A lot of his best work have done with the tales. Not the tales, brother. Did he come to Rock and Shock one year? He I did. Think he might have. Yeah, he did. Yeah. William Sadler does not get enough respect on his damn name, in my sure. opinion. Yeah, he's a very good actor. He's, he's been, oh, yeah. been around the book. He's been around for a while. Mm-hmm. And we cannot mention William Sadler without mentioning his gripping and classical turn as death. Uh, yes. In the Bill and Ted, Bill and Ted. the uh, fantastic cool. Bill and Ted's bogus journey. I loved him in that. Such a good night. Uh oh, Clancy Brown's taking out the walking stick. That's what happens. Leading stick. It's yep. like if you, I'll give you something to cry about, time deal. Oh yeah, Clancy Brown style. Why I said that they probably saw him as the Kurgan and said that that's the guy because you know what I mean. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's what they probably also said about the new season of uh, or the newest season of Dexter. Who can we get? We've had John Lithgow. We've had Edward James Almos. We've had Tom Hanks's kid. Who can be a good killer? 
I mean, they Dexter just has a really good tradition with their villain, with their main villains of just getting really great character actors. Really, oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, and that's where I would put Clancy Brown, big time. Is like he's great in that kind of context. I mean, yeah. you ran down the list: John Lithgow, out Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith was amazing. Um, I mean, he's in good company. Or if you think about it, you know what I mean. But I do have to say that uh, he is also probably one of the best Lex Luthers ever. Touche. Yes. I agree. I yeah. agree. Yeah. For those who don't know, he voiced uh, Lex Luthor on the animated uh, Justice League and um, other subsequent uh, outings. And yeah, he, he just he he nailed him great. I finally saw the pilot episode Smallville for the first time. And I am way behind because I'm obsessed with Michael Rosenbaum's podcast. And, oh, yeah. I, and I didn't know that he was an actor until recently. I mean, I've seen Sorority Boys. I didn't realize it was him. Yeah. But I, I, for something, there's something about him as Lex Luthor I just really, really liked. Honestly, my humble opinion, I never really got into Smallville that much, but uh, he was the best part of that series. Well, it's him, and I I remember I saw something in passing, and John Glover played his father, and actually was amazing on the show as well. So I'm kind of getting into the series after being, you know, I just haven't heard the term Smallville in a very long time, so it's starting to come back into my life. Cool. Good old John Glover. Plays a great yeah. side. Yeah. Mm, a little maggot. Kind of reminds me of someone we know. That's that's years ago. That's a different life. <laughs> different, different lifetime. A Look different lifetime. Look at that pussy on screen. Shit. Oh. Mm, Bad boy. He's so big. My favorite insult in the films, though, uh, maggot dick the motherfucker, which is great. <laughs> that's pretty great, yeah. <laughs> That is pretty good. I think, I think that already popped off. I think that's in the beginning when he was telling them they're all fucking, you'll piss when we tell you to, you'll eat when we tell you to, you'll shit when we tell you to. Yeah. Skippy. Hell yeah. Oh, man. Just tell me when to go. I'm so excited. Hey. Oh, that's the Arlie Ermy moment. Mm. I, I love when, you know, the guards are just barking orders and you just love to hate them. Oh yeah, how it is. You can't be. You can't bark orders anymore as a guard. It's not. It's unacceptable in the, in the yard. Yeah. <laughs> now, 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 you're different time now. Yeah. Now right. you politely go up, say, "Excuse me, Mister Mass Murder, that has killed about five hundred people. Can you please, please, just lower your voice slightly? Um, you kind of agitate the rest of the inmates. Can you just calmly tell us what your problem is, and we'll try to fix it." And again, we apologize for the inconvenience, Mr. Mass Murderer guy. Let's bring Remember in the- inmates inside, boys. Yes. Inside. We're bring in the- in- just, just, just a little bit. Just, 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 just. <laughs> and if you can't bring the mediator to the inside voice, then we're going to send in the weasel. Don't mind him. He's only killed 27 children, but he's a good Robin, he does. If you're lucky, you get the tube and the gerbil. Hey. Mm-hmm. Richard Gere. 
treatment. I love you back. How about the luck on that? Yeah. I'm gonna clip their little their little uh, hooves there. Wasn't well, Richard Gere a possible contender for Tim Robbins at one point in this movie? I don't know why, but I thought Richard Gere. Was well, I mean, Richard Gere and Gere, Tim Robbins acting sounds about Richard, the same. So Richard, he's equally as tough to watch, man. Richard Gere is, is Tim Robbins is. It's uh, he's a weird character. Yeah, man, they get about the same level of acting ability. Well, just think this: what if uh, Pretty Woman star Tim Robbins? Mm. Not. I didn't like Pretty Woman either way. No, so. I'd, I'd watch it the same amount of times I watch it now. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, ooh. I love this hookup uh, scene. I mean, I mean that it, that's the only true way to find romantic partners in prison is the showers, where you just let everything hang out. <laughs> Excuse yeah, me, can I just pull you in for a little minute? Yeah. Well, I like it that you're hard to get. I mean, in prison, it's more like it's hard to pin down. If you know yeah, I mean. yeah, that's got to be the worst part. I'm someone's bitch. Having a random boner in prison? Ooh. Well, they say the mental anguish is kind of part of prison, but I'd say danger, danger. getting raped up the ass is probably pretty up, up there with the mental anguish. I think that's like number nine, maybe ten. I don't know. Yeah. Nine yeah. and a half. And- one of the right before, right before that, father never did. Yeah. Oh yeah. Nothing better than playing good old prison baseball. It took them nine hours to shoot this scene. For real. And, Why? Uh, because it was just there was so much whatever. I guess they could he couldn't remember his lines. I don't know. Morgan Freeman pitched the entire nine hours and without complaint, but the next day he came in with his arm in a sling. Fun fact, fun fact. That's determination. Yeah. That's dedication to the character right there. That's what that is. Yeah. The time, I mean, I assume that he's he's trying to go for the natural vibe, maybe. Maybe Morgan wasn't really a pitcher, never, didn't really throw the baseball around, and they wanted to look natural. That's a that's a you know common thing if people you know want to look like a goonie, you know what I mean? Throwing the ball like a weirdo or something. You got to master that, and then you got to get the dialogue in there with the vibe and the flow. He's not a prop actor. So so, so, prop, so what you're saying is that you you needed Morgan Freeman to handle his ball correctly. Yeah, yeah. Correct. So, so he Correct. had one cradling the ball. You must, you must do it in the right manner. He must be one with the ball, you know, and know how to caress the ball. Clint, uh, Clint There's one ball though. Clint yeah, Eastwood. well, you know, he lost Neglect the other, the other one, one. one in prison. He lost the balls. He lost his marbles. <laughs> we're speaking of a monoball. I right feel now. like randomly yelling some Tropic Thunder quotes, but I'm not Ooh. in the mood now. Oh, yeah. Do what you gotta do. Yeah. The time has passed. That's, and that's cool too, Bill. That's very cool too. It's okay. It's good to, it's good to know when it's the right time. Yeah. I gotta say, it, uh, the actor who plays the, um, guy that assaults, um, Tim Tim Robbins character. Every time you see him, he's always plays a sleaze bag. Mm. Andy, yeah. I'm playing a dickhead. Yeah, a lot of uh, dickhead characters in here. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, well, what can you say? Prison really doesn't bring out the the big gerbil inside, unless it's going inside. I don't know if they get much gerbils on the inside. They got to make fake ones out of toilet paper. Well, well, you know, Red was the guy who was supposed to get anything you wanted. I'm sure that if they uh, put in the request form, he could get them a gerbil. Oh, a few dozen at least. I mean, prison, you don't got a lot of gerbils, but you do have a lot of rats. Yeah. No, yeah, but the rats are slightly a bit too big, I think, for the uh, sliding into the small orifice. Patience and determination, Hawk. Anything yeah, but... can get done. I love how well, the rats have a tendency to scratch life here. <laughs> you said Billy Boy? I love how Hawk is opening up his personal life uh-huh. right here. Hey, hey! I'm here to teach and to uh, inform. This is a judgment-free zone here, man. You know, whatever, whatever gets you wild, man. I'm, I'm for it. Like, you know, whatever works. Heck yeah! Booga booga! Some people need a pinky. Some people need a gerbil. And some need a fist, a whole fist. Oh my! Just oh. an cat. It's uh, I want a hat like that. I like that hat. That's cool. I'd Very fashionable. That. Very fashionable. He's the only yeah. one with it. Person in the fifties. Yeah, nobody else has a cool hat like that. That's how you know red's red. You walk around Southie, you'll see plenty of those hats. It's true. Oh, there's one. I spoke too soon. Tim Robbins, man. Yikes! Yikes! Whoo! Very tough to do. Very tough. Very. Uh, He's like the same person every movie. I don't think he's ever been a different person. He's no. he, he plays himself practically. He's like well, that there's guy. a lot of actors that make their entire living playing themselves. I mean, yeah, but he he fell in right at the perfect he had the perfect timing for him because he made a whole career out of it. I've never seen him have any depth to a character that I can think of. Maybe he has, but for the most part, I can't. I'm not following. Yeah, well. This was the precursor to Oz, actually. You guys watch Oz on HBO? There you go. Quite a few episodes. Great show. Great show, dude. Spawned a lot of super talent. In in the grand scheme of things, this is like the... PG version. This is the G-rated. Yeah, this is like the the fucking kid-friendly version of of the prison show compared to Oz. Oz is... That was hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. You almost wonder if, like, an older, you see older people, they'll say they have more class. You know, they're more uh, better people sometimes, I guess. This is a re- almost a result when you think of it. The old-timey people, you know, fucking not, you know, they got their brutality. But you don't see that much, right? But you take you go into Oz, which was, the, what, 90s? Was in the 90s jail prison? Yeah, it was the 90s. Prison system. Uh, yeah. A lot of shit be going down by the 90s, dude. Well, the the whole thing, honestly, probably is it's not that it it was better in the oldie times. It's just that in the oldie times, they 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 try to keep on the wraps because it was frowned upon. Okay, it wasn't gentlemanly to rape your fellow inmate. You know, now it's okay. It's like, well, it's okay to let the freak uh, freak flag fly. So you know, I'd be it's curious all good to see that now. Like if it, what what like the breakdown of the wardens? How they you know they were always kind of rough and corrupt in their own way. But at one point they they started working with inmates. That might have been like the downfall. To uh, that's how we got to the nineties. That's how we got to Oz from this. 
Well, I mean, whenever I think of like one of my favorite prison movies is actually called Prison, and it was directed by Rennie Harlan. Oh, and and it's probably the most straight ahead horror movie Charlie Band has ever made over it. Empire, because it doesn't play like an Empire movie, because it's actually intelligent. Good movie, yeah. When I look at Bob Gutton in this movie, I see, like, almost like what Lane Smith, you know, was doing in that movie. And he's a great actor, too. He's very method. He was in, like, Lois and Clark, you know, he was uh, the J. Jonah Jameson character, I think. Harry. Yeah. Yeah, Um, The Destroyer, I think it might be called, with, like, the Big Brother Jake dude in it. And it's oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I heard of that. They go to, uh, they go to shoot a movie in like a prison and then like it's, it's haunted or there's some goons in there or something. It's actually pretty. I remember there's a scene where they put the dude in the electric chair and for the scene and that they, they, whoever like plugs in the electricity and he fries. Good flick. Oh, yeah. Uh, here's Tim Robbins getting a beat down and then rape. Prison rape. Does he get raped? Yeah, he gets yeah. raped uh, a lot. The a thing lot. is... Shit. Yeah, I mean... Uh, uh, guy. I love how nonchalant Hawk is. Well, it, it's true because even... Uh, Red, just seeing a fact, it's a pretty common yeah, curse. Oh, yeah. literally That's makes a comment about you know him. There were some good days where he was able to fight him off, but... You know, this isn't a fairy tale. This is how it was. Sometimes he was able to fight off the, the rapist. Other times he wasn't. And uh, sometimes he was sent into the hospital because of the brutality of what happened to him. Yeah. American History X style, dude. Like yeah. her, bitch. Gotta get stitches. Gotta get stitches in his anus. There it is. They're kind of reminiscent of uh, Ernest Goes to Jail Blue, the Blue Warden outfits, which you got to love. The most colorful prison in the world. They're like cartoon ward- yeah, wardens. It's fun times. I watched that again recently. I, I really Funny. enjoyed that one. I do. That's a good one. For the longest time, that was, they, you know, people always would say that's their favorite one. And I, out of the big four or whatever, you got what? Camp, Scared Stupid, Jail. And saves uh, Christmas. It's Christmas. Yeah, uh, the uh, I always, you know, the, that jail I never kind of put in the category with the other three, but I like jail nowadays. Yes, it actually yeah, shows Jim Varney's acting range. He's playing two different, two completely different roles. Sure. And I give Varney a lot more credit in his prison movie yeah. than even like say. Scared Stupid, where he plays his great-great-great-grandfather, where we learn why the worlds are so stupid. Scared Stupid is fucking masterpiece of Ernest filmmaking. Because he was cursed by a troll, and that's why he's moved Hell yeah, dude. Pretty soon, you don't got to worry about eating the Brussels sprouts. Whatever that fucking line is, you don't worry about the Brussels sprouts eating you. I like big Brussels sprouts now. I think that's the line. Yeah. Classic, dude. Classic. <clears throat> Meak. It's funny Bulgarian yeah. It's funny how if you watch Ernest goes to jail, how 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 much they like kid eyes or whatever you will, the fucking a prison. Where like you still got like Texas Cobb or whatever his name is, like fucking killing him with like a plaster tool. You know what I mean? It's it's like it's such a weird like movie. Cool. I, I dig. I dig. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, this is a good scene. Dealing with Clancy Brown, talking about the uh, the, the inheritance. And then uh, Tim Robbins goes up and gives him some financial advice for some good old you beer got, and suds. If you oh, got it's this Yeah, if you got something that could help you, man, definitely. You know what I mean? For sure. Shotgun in the face. Boom! Have an accident. Yeah. Shotgun. Bang. It's quite a risk that he even goes up to him because Clancy could just be like, stay out of my fucking business. And well, like, I mean, no. With Clancy, he was going to throw him off the fucking roof. I yeah, mean, you know. can you fly, Bobby? Yeah. Woo! It's a long fall. Shut the <laughs> fuck up and just drive. <laughs> they were real loose about that shit back then. If you could have just fell off, you were just falling off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But the truth is, if you can prove that you're, you got something that they can use, they'll keep you around. That's how 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 the world works. Unfortunately, that people are always looking at how to use you. Amen, brother. Amen. He does get the boys some alcohol. And how, what's he get him? Food too? Or no? Just beer? Um, no, I think it's yeah. just beer that he get, gets, gets the guys. And he doesn't even drink. Yeah. Brownie points. Hey, dude, sometimes that's uh, what you need to do to survive. <laughs> it's all about trying to make alliances. And they were still raping him after he got him beers, Alex? Well, I mean, the the uh, the um, inmates kept on doing that until uh, the warden uh, found out after he did this thing for uh, uh, Clancy Brown's character that yeah. he could help the warden out. And then the warden, uh, you'll find out soon enough, uh, it'll have Clancy take care of the issue. Uh, dude, I'm sure Clancy handled it, blended them all up into a frap or something. Hey, Clancy took care of everything. That's that's why you have Clancy around. Very intimidating actor, you know. Oh, not, yeah. not not too many, and he's kind of kept it throughout his whole career. Super intimidating. A lot of actors that maybe pop off intimidating, they might lose it along the way doing something a little fluffy or something like that, character wise. But he's always um, kept it pretty strong. One thing I love was I saw an interview with uh, Clancy Brown, and they uh, and he was talking about uh, Shawshank, and he said after he he did that uh, and it became you know successful through home media and being on TV, he uh, ended up running into like a fan who talked to him at at a, at a convention or someplace where she made a comment that you know. Even though you were a terrible uh, character in in Shawshank, I I thought that you still gave him some kind of humanity to him. And and Clancy says, I'm sorry to disagree with one of my fans, but there is no humanity in in this character. He is evil through and through. There's nothing redeeming about him, and if someone saw something redeeming in him, I apologize. That was not my intention. I wanted him to play him as as what he was, a real son of a bitch. Yeah. Did great. Uh, Morgan Freeman and Tim Robbins. 
becoming prison mates for life. How much? How long was the, their sentences again? Well, Red was uh, in was for like forty years, years, right? I think so. Yeah. They were never letting Red out. But yeah. Tim, I feel like the Andy character. What did he do? Kill, he, was it a robbery gone wrong for him too, or what was? No, no, for for uh, Dufresne, which is Tim Robbins' character, he supposedly killed his wife and her lover, oh, and yeah. uh, and uh, oh. actually, there's a there's a um, a fan uh, fiction idea or a theory that's been uh, going through the emotions on Facebook, where um, someone uh, looked at Shawshank and said that, first of all, uh, the whole movie of Shawshank is through Red's perspective, mm. okay? And because of that, they said that Red is an unreliable narrator because he's only, he's he's telling you what he sees and how he feels. So there's a lot of stuff that he uh, infers or assumes that might or not uh, might not be true. And one of the things that this person on Facebook was talking about was the fact that it's more more likely that Andy Dufresne actually was the one who killed, you know, his uh, wife and her lover. Even though there's a scene later on where someone uh, says that someone else took the uh, said that he did it in confidence to him. Mm. It's interesting if you actually look at this through the eyes that Andy Dufresne is actually guilty because that gives everything a little bit more of a interesting and sinister look at him as a character. Mm -hmm. It's not as bad as stealing an apple like Red did. (laughs) Ah, here's the beautiful Rita. Yeah. It's coming, it's coming. Right now you just got Morgan Freeman watching the movie, waiting for Rita. <laughs> Something crazy uh, about Morgan Freeman too, man. Like, how does that guy look like he's 70 years old since he was 40? Uh, because he's I, I, 70 years old since fucking, what was it? Uh, the one with Eddie Murphy. Um I'm, I'm, I'm having a brain fart. The uh, trading space, tr- trading space. Uh, he's not trading places. Freeman. Trading places. He's he even Morgan, looks like in a, Morgan Freeman in trading oh, places. Played like a, a, a gangster in trading oh, places. He played oh, a pimp. I remember which fucking movie it was? It was um. He played Morgan, like a pimp. He played a pimp in a movie with um, Superman. There, what's his name? What uh, Christopher Reeve? Christopher Reeve. Yeah, yeah he, played, he played in that they together, which was good. Uh, that was good yeah, I, I saw us a while ago. It was an old eighties movie, and even he looked kind of old even then. Hmm. Well, what can you say? He's been an old soul for many years. Seriously, He's a vampire. Uh, Maybe okay. that's it. Maybe Jesse's got the answer. If he mm-hmm. played, if he, if he, played Maybe he is a vampire. Well, if he played Duke and Jason goes to hell, would he still have the career that he has today? <laughs> That's Man, a true question. That's a true question. Yeah. Yeah. No, he was up for it. Was he? I could imagine. Is 
Sylvester I'm Stallone. Sure he would have been amazing. I mean, look at Seven. <laughs> Oh, fantastic, dude. Yeah, but, I mean, Seven compared to Jason Goes to Hell is... Oh, no, I mean, the completely different stories, I know. But just, like, thinking of, you know, just... Just in terms of quality. In terms of quality, but, you know, having that type of, you know, man on the run kind of chasing you, Mm -hmm. where you have this, you know, detective that's just this journeyman. I mean... There's no denying he is very good at what he does. And that was very, well, that was David Fincher's first big, big successful thing, right? Outside of yeah. the game, I think. So realistically, Freeman going into that, it could and have... Then, but did he do Alien 3, but that was a flop? Alien 3, it's a weird story. Like, David Fincher kind of directed it. Like, he was the man on set, but he had nothing to do with the post at all. Yeah. So he doesn't really I, I, consider it his movie. Um I think studio, didn't let the studio take it away from him. Was like Seven was technically one. his first movie. His first official, like, something he'd be proud of movie, you know what I mean? Yeah. The, um, where was I going to go with that one? Oh, well. Uh, here's Tim Robbins gets his brutal uh, beat down, which sends him to the infirm- uh, infirmary because yeah. he uh, told the guy that if he uh, stabbed him with a needle through the ear, and his dick was in his mouth. He'd bite it off. <laughs> That's what you got to do if you don't want you don't want that treatment. You got to bite their dick off, hog. Yeah. Well, look at that. Bite your dick off, man. Mm-hmm. If 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 you're, if you're uh, hungry for a, a good old uh, hot dog, you know you have to take what you can get. At least your death will be pretty quick if you bite their dick off. I feel. You know what I mean. Uh, this is the scene where he gets his comeuppance. The only time that you actually root for Clancy Brown's character is in this scene. The only time. Maybe this is the the humanity that that, that fan scene. Yeah. Even though it's selfish reasons, kind of, because he just wants <laughs> to have him keep working for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he does. It. He's only beating him so Tim Robbins could, you know, keep what a horror. Uh, the reason to keep on doing what he was doing for the warden and for him. There's a horror movie shot right there. That's the most horror this movie gets. Yeah, yeah, but honestly, the drag off, the drag yeah. off, the cell scene. Yeah, that's probably one of the uh, the uh, scariest things ever. I mean, in reality, is I mean, it's more scary than being dragged by some fictitious monsters being dragged out to be beaten to for to an inch of your life. Probably paralyzed. Oh uh, yeah. Do what you gotta do. Yeah, gotta gotta beat the the uh, the uh, creepiness out of him. Gotta rape the rapist, but with a knife. Grab his dick and twist it. So in other words, you're saying you know penetrate the penetrator. Yes. Okay. And you can get creative and like cut a hole and then fuck that. You know. Mm. Yeah. Fuck the hole. Nice. It's warm, James. You know. <laughs> Ooh, keeping the rock. <laughs> it's I mean, warm maybe and, it's warm and it tickles. <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking, I was thinking, you were gonna really like flip the script on a rapist. You get a one foot length of garden hose, a one foot length of barbed wire. Hear me out. Okay, <laughs> put the barbed wire inside the garden hose. Is that okay, into the garden hose. Yeah, the water. Cap the other side. Stick in the freezer for a bit. 
This guy's duct taped ass up. Shove it up there. All the way. Man, that, 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 that is nice and brutal. Pull it out. The fastest and most horrible disemboweling anyone's ever experienced in their entire lives. Heck yeah. The more you know. There it is. Jesse, let's do that effect. What? You want to do that as an effect? Yeah, let's do that as an effect. (laughs) Hey, we're writing a movie. We got to do it. I feel like... Rip someone's asshole out. I feel like if someone was going to do I Spit on Your Grave, like, again... That should be in there. Well, yeah. hold on. didn't they already do a remake, like, you know, in the last five years? Yeah. Yeah. No. Wait, not yeah, five I years. Your, I Spit on Your Grave remake came out in 2010. Oh, the trilogy really? of the three were wrapped up by 2013. Oh, mm. So it's been, it's been 10 years since those even happened. They did the sequel, I Spit on Your Grave Deja Vu, but that sucked, so. Was it that in, like, the last five years? I feel like. That was in the last five years. Okay, okay, that's what I was thinking of because I could have sworn there was like uh, one that came out like recently or somewhat yeah, recently. They tried to pull the legacy sequel shit with it, but not really a movie that works with. You know what I'm saying? That director did another movie called like Don't Touch My Sister or something mm-hmm. like that. That was like yeah. a yeah. I heard that was pretty good. I got the I got like a two two DVD set of it. I haven't watched it, but uh, it the came man with- had. Little to no anything like tact with like his inte- his intended messaging in his movies. Like there's very much a don't hurt women or they hurt you. Yeah, kind of thing going on. You know what I mean? Yeah, nothing more dangerous than the woman scorned, right, Jess? I rightfully so though they they put yeah. those through hell in those movies. Yeah, we get the dog household. Venge is a dish best served cold. Bitch. Yeah. That's one way of putting it. Ah, uh, the warden is here. Ready to size up Andy Dufresne. Hello, my name is Bob Gutton. Oh, I see. You're reading my book, the book I wrote, the Holy Bible. I'm I'm a kind of a Jesus lover myself. Did you read about the great white bat in the Bible yet? Hey, uh, I have a question for you. Have you found Jesus yet? If not, the great white the bat sofa. in the Bible, and then the hero, Mister Ace Ventura, Ooh. came running through and saved both tribes. And forever, then, in ancient Africa, the world became safe once again. This has got to be the new King James version. <laughs> Talk about a sequel is just as good as the first one, Bill. You- Ace Ventura when nature calls, dude. That's what I'm talking about. That hit that fucking coming out of the rhino scene is probably the most memorable <laughs> visual of the whole. They made a didn't they make a third one without him, without Jim Carrey? I think they, they tried. Made, I, I think they, they tried to do something. They made like um, Ace Ventura Pet Detective Junior or something where they had you know yeah. straight to DVD some kid playing like a prequel of. How he became the pet detective. Kind I mean, of. I remember there was the animated show for yeah, like one or two seasons. Yeah. I enjoyed that franchise. He should bring that. I'm waiting for him to do that. 
do another Ace Ventura movie would be fucking good times. Like that Dumb and Dumber movie wasn't really needed, but like a new Jim Carrey Ace Ventura movie, I'd go see that. I'd pay for. That. I'd love to see Jim go back to his roots. Yeah, you know, that real balls in your face, you know, yeah. style comedy, just being so over the top. I mean, they, you know, Ace Ventura is a fucking underrated. You know, I mean, I think I think it's a very funny movie. Even this stuff on I mean, Living Color, you know, like Fire oh, Marshal Bill. Fire Marshal Bill is, is one of the greatest, one of the greatest skits ever written of any TV, any comedy sketch TV show of all time. Fire Marshal Bill, that and Homie the Clown, that. that and Homie the Clown, dude. I would pay, I would pay five for five tickets to see an actual Fire Marshal Bill movie. That would have been actually, actually, dude. Actually, you know what's funny? Fire Marshal Bill did have a cameo in the movie. He did something. Yeah, what movie? Liar, 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 liar. How so? There is a scene where um, it's at the end, and you have like firemen and and police and all that, and they're talking to you know his wife, uh, and, uh, his character's wife, and his character's son, and in the background, he's dressed up as Fire uh, Marshal Bill. Really, it was an inside joke that he he did. Uh, since he wasn't on screen, they came close to that. They came very close to making a Homie the Clown movie. I remember that. That that was you know they're gonna give Damon the brother the push before they give it to Carrie. But I'd I'd love to see them both. I like. Uh, I mean, I think the Wayne's brothers are very good filmmakers. Oh, for sure. Yeah, much. You know, uh, fucking. I'm gonna get you, sucker. Is one of the fucking best comedies of all time. Even Don't well, Be a Menace is pretty solid. For yeah, even like a low down dirty shame, you know. That, that was not. Dirty. That wasn't bad. Yeah, it was. I wouldn't put it in the caliber of the other two. But no, no, no. But I mean, there's there's some good. I mean, I like all the Wayne's even brothers. The, you the know, first couple scary movies were good. They're funny. The first couple scary movies, I'll give it to them on that. They were fun. They were like the biggest thing in the world when they came out. Yeah. And then when the Zucker brothers, I think, had a stronger presence, I think in three, and kind of took it over. I kind of lost interest after the Wayans brother. You know, the they Wayans fell apart after, in my opinion. The best, yeah. After the Wayans left, the best gag was when the dude, when Charlie Sheen has to go get his wife who got hit by the car, and then the dude who hit her like asked him for a ride home while drunk. Yeah. <laughs> that fucking was a great bit, dude. I laughed out loud when I heard that one. That was good stuff. That's the one when the sheriff is like, she has the hat, and every scene it gets bigger it's and bigger. Bigger and bigger. <laughs> they killed the, they killed like the spoof move. They had something good going, and they just fucking, they did so much of it, they just ruined what they were doing. Every, I like they, not another teen movie, though. That one was funny. Uh, that was like one of the last great teen sex parody movies. That and Euro Trip. And that was like the early 2000s. And it, that was a great time for like, Oh, the road, teen sex yeah. comedy, and then it just kind of fittered away, and more like the Judd Apatow stuff. Was that the Tom? Was Tom Green in that, or he was in the Road Trip? He was a Road Trip, and I love Road, road trip. trip. Was fun. Road Trip was fun. Yeah. Sean Sean William Scott. Scott, huh? Tom William Scott. Yeah, doing a bit. Yeah, Road Trip. Brooksy. Woo! Yeah. It's talking about you know the 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 library and and doing um uh, the income tax for the guards you know oh yeah oh yeah 
And he, he was like, hey, if you didn't know any better, he was like a real accountant. Hangman. Heck yeah. That guy's a really good actor, too. I can't remember his name, though. The guy on the right of Morgan Freeman? Yeah. He's in The Sopranos, if I remember correctly. I think that's that He was dude. in The Mist. I know that. Well, the same director as The Mist, so. Is that James Whitmore? That's the um, dude who he, he was. Kind of an old-timer character actor? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's definitely in The Sopranos. He dated Tony Soprano's sister in the show for a while. Before yeah, and she kills him. Before the Goonie dude came in, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't, I, yeah, yeah. Before Joe Pantaleone there. Pantaleone. He's at, he's in four rooms too. If you guys ever seen that, like the Rodriguez, Tarantino and them, he plays the one, I think he does, um, he, there was a, there's two girls that directed him too. He did the one, one of the ones the girls did, but he's like the crazy husband who's jealous of the wife. Cool. He probably plays like really good in that. Yeah. Oh, great. And he's psycho. He's like really unstable. He did a great job with it. He has a good face for that. He does. Mentioning Rodriguez, I just watched Planet Terror recently again. Good I forgot flick. how much fucking fun that movie is. So good. That's when um, Tarantino's balls like melt off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, just, oh God, I forgot Fuck. how fucking hot Rose McGowan is. Oh, dude. She still looks amazing. <laughs> I've always preferred Death Proof. In in the grindhouse double feature, but Planet Planet Tire is really great. It's a, it's a I lot. love Death Proof too. I like Death I mean, Proof. Death Proof is amazing, but I think the first it's like half of it, there's just Tarantino's Tarantino, very dialogue heavy. Nothing wrong with it. I enjoy it as well. I know some people, but the second half just gears up. Like when when that when that's true, not striptease, but when that lap dance scene happens, there from the end, it just revs. We just watched the new Rodriguez movie, Hawk. Remember what the name of that was? It had Affleck in it. It was oh, like, in, yeah, yeah. Like Rob Rodriguez's Inception. It was, it was kind of, I was surprised to see him go so close to another movie like that. Yeah, I forget the name of, but yeah, I mean, as, as Matt said, it, it was almost like, uh, uh, another type of Inception. He, he's been working. He like never really stopped working. They just didn't really get wide releases. Like he, he, that Attila movie was him. Uh, Didn't he step into the Mandalorian? I think he did do some of the Mandalorian. Yeah, he did an episode in season two. Yeah, he's got his own, well, he has his own great Western theme. theme. I remember that episode. Yeah, I enjoy Rodriguez. That's the scene where Brooks is all like, "I don't want to go away." Yeah. You don't want to leave. He's too comfortable in the big house, man. Hey, well, I he mean, was in there since he was like a kid, right? He said there was only like a couple cars on the road when he went in. Yeah, stole bubble gum, got a fucking multiple life sentences. Ah, oh, poor guy. Now he's for low. bubble gum. That was his backstory. Maybe. No, nah, I'm making it up. <laughs> I'm making it up. Back in my day, bubble scent gum was only five cents, and I stole about a whole bag's worth. <laughs> yeah, because I only had one cent. You crazy? You fucking crazy, man. Chair said you have no sense and I'm sending you to a lifetime prison. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is a true problem. I mean, uh, the whole thing with him is he became institutionalized because he spent most of his life in prison. 
And it's that a happens, fact. So. I mean, I mean, you 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 look at some of these people that go in prison for like ten years, and can you uh, think of all the things that happen in ten years? You know, the I, jump in technology and other things, and then you suddenly let go, and then you have to somehow find a way to support yourself, get food well, on the table, and all with a criminal, um, you know, uh, thing on, on record. Yeah, more than technology, I think it's a lot of how the public changes because they change, they change drastically. You know what I mean? And then you, it's a weird lifestyle of like, you know, you, you fucking, you sleep, you know, you sleep in your cell. You, you, they feed you. You go out in the yard, and then you go out and you're supposed to get like a job and like, you know, you're not gonna get a great job, so you get a job where they spit in your fucking face and. It's just like horrifying, you know. It's way better to go back and if you can survive in jail, I'm sure. If you can, like, I'm sure hey, people if, are positive if, about it, you know. In a way. If, if 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 you can, you know, just keep away from being, you know, raped in prison, then uh, prison life could actually be pretty cool. <laughs> I bet the older dudes don't get raped as often. Uh, respect there, Alex. Respect. Oh, there's no such thing as respect, man. You already got broken in. Uh, you go send him to another prison. He has to get rebroken in and get fucking gang raped. It's unfortunate. Yeah. But... You smell yeah, like that, the other that... prison. We need to fix that. Ooh-wee. Oh yeah. Go get no respect, even in prison. <laughs> no respect. No respect at all. Yeah, they use the whole fist in 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 some prisons. Until they get you ready. Yeah. Well, I mean. At least they have the decency to use the bar of soap first. You got to use a Leslie Nielsen fart machine because you can't fart anymore. I heard. <laughs> you know, what can you do? What can you do? Uh, sometimes the best way. I made my day. Thank you. Uh, defending yourself is just not wiping yourself after you take a shit. That's yeah. true, actually. Yeah, make make it as as unpleasant and nasty as possible for for the other guy. Some might like it nasty though. That's just you. You don't want to get fucking tied up with those people. They're even yeah, I'll show them. Get a staph infection. Yeah. <laughs> Playing with poop is bad, kids. For sure. I feel like that could be needs to be told to some people these days. Scary. Which is bad, but you know, he's white knuckling it here, poor guy, dude. Mm-hmm. Going out into the real world. Real world is scary. It's goddamn scary trying to survive out there. Well, yeah, like, didn't Alex, didn't you say there was only a couple cars when he went in or something like that? Or Jess, you say that? I said, uh, that, yeah. said that, Somebody said that. Yeah. They go a lot yeah, quicker I mean, now. Yeah. I mean, look at him. He doesn't know what weighs up. Yeah. He's so disoriented. It makes you think, it's like, wow, everyday life is terrifying for people that aren't around it. So it's like, whew. We're dealing with so much chaos. Like I've thinking yeah. in his head is left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. Just move forward. Just keep going. Just keep going. The one thing that won't fail you, right foot, left foot, right foot, left foot. Never changes. Unless you have diabetes, then it could be a problem. <laughs> and left foot, foot, one right foot. Numb. Yeah, numb. <laughs> no, no, it's like right foot. <laughs> Right foot. <laughs> right foot. <laughs> da ding, da ding. Right foot. What's funny is he, they got um anybody who here is where I know me and Bill have worked at grocery stores. Anybody else that work at a grocery store in their day? No, no I've always wanted to be a bagger. 
No, you don't want to be. You, you don't, don't want to know. That's the no. worst department to be in. Oh, no, don't be up by the registers. Join me in the deli where it's much safer. That's what they, I think working at a grocery store is what make, makes him fucking kill himself off. I, like, was, I work I, at a convenience store, so it's kind hey, of... Hey, I work at a retail store, they're too. They're more friendly or at convenience stores. No, I, they're not. No, they're not. No. At a convenience store. I worked in retail for 10 years. I can guarantee you. Yeah. The biggest assholes you will ever meet in your entire life are people you will meet at the register at a retail chain. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I worked, I worked, uh, over almost seven years in customer service for FYE and, uh, the Virgin Mega Store. And as far as I'm concerned, when you work in retail, it's like if you're a golfer, Caddyshack, but if you work in retail, it's clerks. And, you know, the customer's always right. No, the customer's always wrong, bitch. And they come <laughs> the in, they ask stupidest questions. Where's the bathroom? We have giant things plastered, restrooms here, you know. But the highlight of probably working in that type of retail is when I was Kevin Smith's personal shopper when he came into the FYE. I'm sorry, when he came into the Virgin Megastore. So there are some cool perks, but for the most part, it's a rat race and a shit show. Well, the only cool thing I had happen to me when I work at retail, one day, for whatever room, I was personally overseeing, because I was manager, overseeing the purchase of toys for David Duchovny and T. Leone's children. There you go. Very cool. You, uh, that sounds cool. <laughs> you, you meet them, are they difficult? Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. It was Tia, wasn't it? In fucking sufferable. Really? <laughs> Not him. No, he, he's great. I, I mean, I've heard nothing but good things about David. He mostly just stood there like, what are you doing? He was pulled along for the ride, and she mm-hmm. and she was at the helm, and she was all over the place. She was a fucking nightmare. Jerry. I, I had to find like it was like fifteen movies for Kevin, and one of them I remember, remember was that Paul Walker movie, Eight Below. That's where he is now, actually. Ooh, oh. he's, he's fucking dead, Bill. You get it? God yeah. damn it! Da-da-da. That was quick. We well, got laugh. Quick. Quick. You know. Now, now I feel like he's singing some Wiz Khalifa. Yeah, uh, you got to admit though, Billy, working at the movie place was a lot better than the deli. You know what I mean? Well, I mean the deli was wasn't. The great thing about it is I live right sucks. across the street, deli so sucks. you know I was the closer. It was easy. I, you know, I come in, I work for almost solid two hours, then I got to start closing. But when you're working in a deli, it's nice when you have people helping. But when the entire fucking place calls out and it's just me. It's like just work for two hours and then take your time closing up. I I own that shit. I cleaned everything up, you know. I mean, I took pride in what I do, and I think if you work in film, if you work in retail, you know, just if you take pride in what you do, then you know, it feels good. When I was right out of high school, I worked at Stop and Shop, and I had Gallagher or his brother came in. And then Buckethead, the fucking guitar player. Yes. 
No, those two. Alex and Jess, you guys ever have any like celebrities come by your workplace? Oh, uh, it's funny. Um, I was not there, but supposedly Bill Belichick and also Jay Leno, both of them came into my CVS. That was from that area. Yeah. Of course, my, my, my luck was, uh, I was out, but I do have to say there was, I forget how long ago. I'm thinking about maybe 10 years or more. Um, Michael Chiklis came mm. to Andover to get like the key of the town or something like that. They were, you know, doing this big thing with him. Now he didn't come into the store, but they had the whole thing, uh, like uh, right down the street. So when I was on break, I went over and I saw them, you know, talking, uh, doing the, the whole thing. So that was cool. I have an embarrassing one uh, oh, really? that that is famous, but it's slightly embarrassing. Uh, this I th- it was while I was working at the Virgin Megastore. This person came up, long black hair, then scarf around the neck, Jackie O glasses. I'm thinking, you know, this is a female, and um, Marilyn? and and, and I I said, here you go, miss. And then I heard a very distinct male voice say, "It's sir." And then they left. Person runs up to me. Dude, do you know who you just rang up? No. Uh, some woman with a deep voice. It's Alice Cooper. <laughs> That's I felt like such an asshole. And, um, but I guess he was in town. I guess he was performing that night. But yeah, I, I, I rang him up and it just, uh, you know, if I saw the Adam's apple, then I probably would have said differently. Jesse, you trying to be respectful. <laughs> Jesse, you meet any celebrities? Um, so when they were filming Grown Ups in mm. in my town, um, I saw what's his name, Steve something. Oh, uh, Buscemi. Buscemi? No, the way way back, he filmed in Wareham as well. He was in the office. Oh, Corral. Yes. So I saw him driving, like I was driving on the, on Cranberry Highway and I saw him like filming outside. So that was kind of cool. I guess Rob Schneider was in my store when I was working at Cumberland Farms, but I wasn't working that day. So I missed him. I also met, um, Steven Tyler when I was working. No, when I was a kid at, um, Carver King Richards Fair. So that was cool. His sons kept following me around the fairgrounds. So I was like, hell yeah. And then I found out that Gina Davis is actually from Onset, and that's where I grew up. Yeah. I haven't met her yet. (laughs) Yeah. uh, DJ Stan the Man, Chase Carson, who was DJ, used to be a a cop, a state trooper. And I know that he he met Stephen King once because he walked him through an airport. So I figured I'd throw that out there because it was the dead kids of Derry. That's pretty cool. I wish it was me. It was before our time, unfortunately. I would with him. Uh oh, doors locked. Arms are up. Uh oh. This could be another humanity like scene because actually no, maybe not, because Clancy's face doesn't really change much. The other guards kind of seem like, really, man? Yeah. I I honestly don't see how anybody could see any humanity in that character. If anything, I love the fact that his his response is just turning the record player music up as like the major fuck you guys, fuck you. I'm listening to some good music, you bastards. Clancy's gonna eat him alive, dude. He's looking at him like he's fucking dead. 
you bastard. Yeah, he looks like he's excited to do it. Well, you think about him having to break that glass. This is way back when, where it was probably not as easy as it is to get now. They had it, of course, but he was going to get you beaten for that, dude. Oh, yeah. I'm surprised he doesn't look how he looked when they raped him and he was all fucking bloated cheeks and shit. It might not have been bloated cheeks. Yeah, yeah well, the warden like a probably... month in the hole? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he said that it was the easiest time, and they're like, there's no easy time in the hole. He says, oh, yeah, I had to have that music to get me through it. And I'm like, you know, honestly, sometimes that's the only way to get through a, a, a tough experience like that is to put your mind, you know, on something. I believe the uh, Freeman gives a speech about hope in this, and I, I, I that always stands out to me because uh, – I'm sure we have some blood for blood listeners in the house. And I remember they sampled that on one of their albums, the whole hope speech. Booyah. Morgan Freeman, dude. I want your cocktail. <laughs> the fruit. Yeah. And I think, I think, I mean, whether you like Tim Robbins or not, I do think that, Kind of, he, he he just, I I think he was perfect for this role. Honestly, he's good and in this I scene. Think, I like this scene with him. Yeah, I like the scene. David Duchovny could have done better. <laughs> I don't know. I'll I give you this out. I'll give you this. Find out what's out there. I'll give you this about it. This is one of the less insufferable performances by Kim Robbins. He hits the well, mark. I, I, I mean, the thing is, for Andy Dufresne, I think, you know, just the Tim Robbins, like, naturally plays low-key, and I think that really works for the Andy Dufresne character. Yeah, I, I think it plays to his strengths a little better than some other stuff. Uh, coming, coming in for another meeting with a whole bunch of, Old white guys trying to decide whether to let you go or keep you locked up some more. Well, he knows they're never letting him out. Yeah. That's why... It's the racist swine. They'll never let him fucking free. uh, A a cool little thing is that uh, when when you see the uh, picture of his mugshot, when they, um, you know, stamp the rejected thing, is actually a picture of his son. His oh, son really? is is the younger version of him in that. So every time you see them open up and you see the mugshot right there, that's actually uh, Morgan Freeman's son uh, picture there. Got him into the union, probably. Makes probably sense. Probably did. Yeah. Now the two of them hanging out in the prison yard. Talking about how much life is so much better on the outside. Oh, yeah. Tim Robbins slipping old red the harmonica. Yeah. Yeah. Clint Eastwood read for the red character. I think Paul Newman did. Gene Hackman did. Even though Frank wanted Morgan, the studios probably insisted. And like, hey, you got to read all these other guys first. Yeah, you can almost envision Paul Newman doing it. I could. You, you know what I mean? I can yeah. envision him doing it. 
Clint, I don't know. Clint would have played it too tough. It wouldn't have worked. I think Jane Hackman could have done a really, really good job. I, I think Robert Redford could also have Redford, done a great job. Redford probably, he was up there too. Gene Hackman, I think, would have played it too cocky for some reason. I don't think it would have flew. But Depends again, on the movies. Red, Redford and Robert Duvall also, which Robert Duvall would have been really great at it. He's great in everything he does. It would have been off, though. It would have been a little off. Yeah. Wait, just picture Steve Buscemi playing as Red. Oh, God. In black, I would love to see that. That's fucking cursed, right there. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of big Irish actors of that time. Mm, Marilyn Monroe, ah, Liam Neeson. Yeah, maybe he was before Dark Man. He was doing Dark Man actually around this time. I think. Yeah, ninety was I think Dark Man. Yeah, firstly, one of my favorite, um, you know. Uh, Sam Raimi movies. Classic. I think it's a bit, it, it's very underrated. You have such a boner for his brother. Hey, what can I say? I That's like Ted Raimi. I don't think he gets. No, you told me you love Ted Raimi. Well, that too. you told me that you would do you to love, Ted Raimi. You can love Alex. It's okay. The world needs more love. Oh, did anyone see like Hotel Six 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 that came out like on Tubi, like you know, uh, in October? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ted Raimi plays uh, plays a huge role in that. Also, Judd Nelson from The Breakfast Club. Actually, one of the better two B original movies. Oh, it's an original. Judd Nelson in uh, Relentless. Oh, and also Kevin by the Lake. Oh, I haven't seen that movie. There's like three of them. Yeah, you know, three of them. I've seen. Uh, I've seen two, not three. There's a third one, really bad. I go, I own, I think I own them all on VHS. I was playing the quarry, and that has uh, Ted Raimi in it. What was it? The quarry. Oh, the game. Oh, right? Yeah, it's actually Great pretty game. cool. Great I game. like it. It's cheap now. See it on there. What do you guys think about fucking PlayStation's pulling uh, very dead kids, pulling all like a lot of their like fifteen hundred of their fucking games or something like that. Scary. What if Ted Raimi played no. Tim Roth's role? Don't answer the question. Fuck my question. <laughs> I think that sucks. I no. Fuck me and my question. I never should have brought it into the Dead Kids forum. That's <laughs> kind of Ted Raimi some more. <laughs> but well, I think it. honestly, Ted Raimi should have played you know Red's character and 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 Only Tim Roth's character. Good. I think he should have also been the warden. I think we should just have him play everybody. <laughs> Where's Gary Busey? Then? <laughs> oh, Gary! He should. He, Gary could have played the Clancy character, dude. Oh, He's definitely. The same person. Just yeah. changed the whole damn thing. Named to the Ramy Shank Redemption. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Has less chances of if Sam directed this than maybe, but outside of that, I don't think that's a, un- unfortunate. Or he's going to do the man with a screaming brain with fucking Bruce Campbell, baby. A very disappointing hey. film. Very disappointing film. Yeah, I know. Not good. Not good movie. I think Sci-Fi Channel produced that. Yeah, it did. Yikes. There's no... It's no Shawshank Redemption. Let's put it no, way. not quite. Not quite, yeah. I wonder if even Ted Raimi and Bruce Campbell are... Wish they were not a part of that film. Even though I think Bruce Campbell wrote and directed it. Yeah. 
Then he did that. I, certain. I, I guess a uh, Bruce Campbell's best directing effort effort is uh, My Men Bruce. Uh, uh, oh, my, my name, name is Bruce. Whatever that one is. Yeah, that's that's horrifying too. That was the one I was trying to think of. That was like back to back trouble. That's what that was. Ah, uh, it was it was not great, but it was fun. I love Bruce Campbell, but that was a very disappointing film. <laughs> He redeemed himself with the Evil Dead television show. <clears throat> he had a couple of dark years there. Yeah. That's when Sam was doing Spider-Man and didn't have time to put them in things, I think. That's what it was. They were in there, though. That's what it was. They, like they regaled that. the cameos, so they had to go find full-time work somewhere else. The that era <laughs> did give us Bubba Hotep, so it's not all bad. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Turned down the sequel. I guess the sequel was pretty much greenlit, and then he didn't want to do it. Giamatti was going to do it for a little bit, I think. Very weird. I'd watch it. I'd watch that. I don't think Paul Giamatti will touch anything in that realm ever again. That Holdovers movie looks good. Oh, that was awesome. Can't wait to see it. it? Was it good? I saw it. I saw it. It was very good. I like the the throwback vibe of it. It was very good. I enjoyed it. I'm a big Paul Giamatti fan, so. Yeah, yeah, it's good times. Mentioning Giamatti and how, where that would have gone almost reminds me of, um, how William H. Macy was going to play the president in, um, House of Reanimator. Be cool. Really? Yeah. Oh shit. Because he had a relationship with Stuart Gordon by then. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. Yeah, because you know, I mean, Ed- Edmund's a great fucking movie, and that is, that's a very that is a good flick. Good call, Bill. Good pick, dude. What an ending that movie. Speaking of prison, dude, what an ending that movie has. So I haven't watched that in ages. Remember, do you remember Empire of the Ants? Yes. Or, or, or was that was that, was that the title of the Stuart Gordon one? Or King of the Ants? King of the Ants. I think it is. I remember the cover. I never watched yeah, it. Yeah, I remember the cover. It was one of the creepiest covers I've seen in a while. Rest in peace, Stuart Gordon. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. What I love about this scene is uh, you got t- uh, Dufresne telling uh, Red about how he made a dummy accounts for the warden and all that. And he makes references to uh, Harvey, uh, which is a uh, famous uh, play. And also movie played by Jimmy Stewart in reference that his character, uh, the guy he created is fictional, uh, much like Harvey, the, uh, the, the rabbit, the one that Elwood P. Dow does not see. Well, sees, but no one else sees. Also one of my favorite jokes in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, yeah. Hey, Harvey. Say hello to my pal, Harvey. The rabbit, he's here. Classic, dude. And he shoves the fucking egg in his mouth. Great. Real egg. Good stuff. Real hit, dude. Shave and a haircut. Two kids. Feel like Crack dispensing it. some justice. Bring me some dip. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Christopher Lloyd is the judge was fucking pretty horrifying. 
Oh, yeah. You gave a generation of kids nightmares. I'm meeting kids now that were more terrified. Of, I didn't realize how many people were terrified of Judge Doom. Oh, heck, he's a terrifying character. Especially when he turns tune. Like when he gets ran over, dude. And he's yeah, like, and turns into a stop motion puppet. That was so, so fucking, fucking cool. weird, dude. That's such a weird moment, yeah. That's one of the statues, Tim Burton. No, I'm sorry. In the bathroom. No, yeah. that, that Robert Zemeckis has in his office. I love that stop motion puppet. At Warner Brothers or something, there's like a crushed Judge Doom by the bathroom. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I, I, I went into Warner Brothers and, and I saw that. You did? Yeah. Oh, word up, dude. You're holding out on us. Yeah, um, yeah, when it was in, um, uh, LA, uh, California. You got a Warner Brother about that. Yeah, I went, I went to Warner Brothers on the tour. It was very cool. Saw a lot of cool stuff. Word up. Look at Morgan Freeman's turning around. He wants to know what you're talking about. Hey, <laughs> looking at the upcoming <laughs> bus full of new recruits. Go past Frankenstein's Village. Is that still on the tour? Yeah. And right here, right here, we got Gil Bellows. Now, I remember first time I saw him was on uh, Ally McBeal. Did any of you guys ever see that series? Oh, yeah. yeah. The Dancing Baby. Dancing Baby, kid. Hey. I, I got to say, I was a huge fan of Ally McBeal. I love that series so much. Calista Flockhart. Uh, you got Lucy Liu. And my boy here, Gil Bellows. He's, he's another actor that I don't think gets enough, you know, credit. Her- Every, every time was, I see him, I love him, but you know he shows up so infrequently. Her, Don't boss, know why. her boss was the dude from Ghostbusters too. Yeah, yeah, that Peter McNichol. Yeah, that it, it's weird that yeah everybody liked that show. That was a weird time. Yeah, right after Melrose Place, I think. Yeah, it was funny. It was spooky. It was out there. But Ally McBeal, I, I couldn't wonder. stand her. Isn't she married to Harrison Ford? Yeah, she is. The um, he can stand her, obviously. Yeah, she was. Oh, she was very. Oh, yeah, they've been fun. they've been married for a while, like almost like almost thirty years, I think. Yeah, yeah, quite a bit. I don't know. Also, like during the birdcage. Yeah, yeah. You let her out. Loved her in that movie. That was a fucking funny movie, and Paul Rudd. I mean, he was, you know, a baby face in that movie too. You know, Paul Rudd's first time, you know, big horror, you know, Halloween 6, Paul Rudd. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, that was right uh, right before he got bitten by a vampire and stayed the, exactly the same age. Yeah, he. it's good how he can do that. He's got the Morgan Freeman disease over there. Yeah, no, they're both, they're both fucking immortal. I don't, I don't know what's going on there. Morgan Freeman has looked like he's 70 since he's 40, but now he looks young as hell because of it. Yeah. Crazy. Mr. Gil Bellows coming up to Tim Robbins like, hey, dude, can you help me? I'm on an edumacation. Hey, dude, dude, I I always wanted to be a lawyer, man. Can you help me pass the bar? Because I got this eye on this cute girl, you know, uh, a little Allie McBeal, skinny little thing, you know. Can can you make it happen for me? Yeah. Hook a brother up. (laughs) Yeah, actually, what I like is because it goes, you know, so many uh, different years of him in prison. 
Um, I know that, as it's been said, a lot of people aren't big fans of him. But I do appreciate because as as he gets older, he does very little things that shows that he's aging without, you know, any like heavy makeup or anything like that. Like with the glasses and him hunching over slightly. I thought that was a cool little thing. Yeah. You know, the hunching over thing definitely and you know, the wear and tear of that lifestyle. Yeah. For sure. Yep, yep. Teaching, teaching kids, trying to show them that there's a life outside of the rock and roll and the and 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 the bad stuff that gets you in locked up. Well, stuff yeah. like that would give you purpose, though, in prison. Like teaching young blood, you know what I mean? It would give Gross. you a reason to wake up and do something positive or productive, you know. Was a big Daddy, what were you saying about PlayStation over there? Ah, it's old news. It's old news. They they're, they're, they deleted a lot of their digital games, I heard. Mm. So it's just more of like own physical media because the digital media is going away. But it's happening a lot quicker than I think people thought it was going to happen. Oh, no. It's it's always been a looming threat. They've Amazon's dropped a bunch of digital content in waves over the years. It's been It's been a thing they've been doing forever. That's why I tell everybody to buy Blu-rays, man, because that sucks. It, 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 this is reality now. Like the bandwidth's filling up because they made as much content as they possibly could. So now they're like, "Well, what do we do? We buy more bandwidth? Fuck no! We're gonna cut all this other shit out. That yeah. who cares? You know? That's the only thing that I buy digitally. Really, is like those vid games. You know what I mean? Because like it's just easier that way. You don't have to go get the disc, put it in the fucking. You know what I mean? You just do it, fire it up. Woof. Beautiful. Now it ain't going to be there. I, physical media people. Preservation is essential. You can play a pivotal part by physical media. That's very important. Make it hard, so buy the hard copies. Yes. Right. I'll get as. as, as You make me soft, you let me down. Never going to give you up. Never gonna, never gonna let, let you down. Never gonna <laughs> run on the ground. Buy physical media. I like it. Let's get physical. Physical. Let's get physical. Media. Physical. Boom. Yeah, and this is. What are we watching one. again? The Green Mile. Redemption, <laughs> brother. And this this is a good point where you know. uh you know, Red is talking to uh, Gil Bellow's character and, and talks about, you know, the story behind Andy Dufresne while he's in prison. And Gil re- remembers a guy that he had a bunk with that kind of told a very eerily similar story that he might actually have been the one to, you know, kill kill um, Dufresne's wife and lover. But he might actually be innocent. He might actually be innocent. You never know. Oh, maybe Dufresne put him up to it. Maybe it's all, you know, a a conspiracy to try and make Dufresne look like the good guy. While in in actuality, he was the murderer. Well, he said that he got caught. He had a gun before, and he chose not to kill them, right? He's got a gun. I've always believed that he killed them. I think he did. 
Now, I mean, the thing is that his story is he got a gun and, you know, he was thinking about killing them, but because he was drunk, he, he started to sober up. He went to, like, the uh, the uh, lake and he just threw it in. And, of course, uh, you know, he told the police and the police couldn't find the gun. And in the jail, they were like, well, it's very convenient that uh, we couldn't find the gun. And he's like, well, in my case, I found it very inconvenient that you couldn't find the gun because that would have proved my innocence. Yeah. And this is the guy that supposedly actually did the deed. That I still think he did it. <laughs> this guy? I'm, yeah. I'm open to that interpretation. I mean, it makes sense. Why else would it be in the, the movie? But this is also from Red's perspective. Yeah. See that that's the big thing is that of I mean a lot of times that people you know you know miss or skip out on is the fact that it is from his perspective. Okay? Hold on, he kind of looks like Christopher Walken, like yeah, the creepy smile. Defoe, dude. He had a Willem yeah. Dafoe. William Dafoe. That's what it is. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, no. I thought that. Was I, I knew what she meant. I knew she did not mean Christopher Walken. I knew no. she meant Dafoe. And he, she's I was like, quick, quick, quick! I had to double take it myself. I thought it was him for a second. Love William Dafoe. And and the warden's like, I am not going to let my golden goose leave. My golden goose that's giving me all this money and little hidden nest eggs. Breaking the law. I know. I'm going to keep you in forever and ever and ever. Yeah, my little puppy dog. And I'm really Bob Gutton. Come on. Show me that you love me. You don't want to leave me. Stay here. Shut up, Hawk. I'm going to stab you in the face. Whoa. I love him and squeeze him and hold him forever. Yes. Yeah. They're both weird and hyper-violent at the same time. What is going on? Um, um, I believe it's the Animaniacs. Yes. Yes. Oh my god, that is so cool and so awesome. Jess, <laughs> you get two thumbs up from this guy. Yay. He's got, he's got the fucking, he's got his hand on like the fucking loudspeaker thing, right? Isn't that no, no, no. This, later? No, no, no. Oh, yeah, uh, this, this is totally between the two of them. He actually has, uh, uh, Dufresne thrown into, uh, um, a pad, a, uh, Solitary. Solitary confinement. Yeah. As punishment for even, you know, alluding to the idea you that... Obtuse. Yeah. You call me obtuse. <laughs> obtuse to the situation. Because he really wanted his freedom. And like you said before, all he wanted is his little, like, lapdog. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and the thing is, actually, there was an interview with uh, with that actor who played the warden where he made a comment that part of the thing he was playing was the fact that um, and he kind of, even though they were in this, you know, pretty much like a, a, a master and subservient relationship, that he also kind of felt kind of like, um, like when, when you have like a, a abusive husband and yeah. he doesn't want the... Even if he doesn't love the wife, he doesn't want her to leave because that's like um, showing that, yeah, it becomes about property, not about the yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's that's kind of what he was playing was the fact that he kind of felt that even 
uh, Tim Robbins' character making that comment was him pulling away from this, you know, kind of master-dominant uh, relationship he had with him. And that's why he punished him by putting him in the hole for that as a way to remind him of his place. Ah. Because, you know, he wanted to have, you know, Tim Robbins under his thumb. Another psychological issue here. Yeah, yeah this is right. Uh, honestly, this is right with so many psychological, you know, um, you know, things that's so interesting. You know, Hayward. Question, do any of you guys know if Stephen King went to school for psychology? Went to school for drinking, if I remember correctly. <laughs> um, no. Yeah, was, I mean, I was just wondering because I, mean, I, I wouldn't be. be he probably read up on it. I mean, that was something that he probably had to read about if he wanted to get deep into. Yeah, because I mean, I, mean, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if 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 he, you know. Was reading about it. If if he was, I mean, you know, I mean, he's good at what he does. I mean, you know, he probably, you know, wanted to go deeper, you know, on an emotional level because he's pretty deep himself. So I'm sure he was probably. Well, I guess he has a college degree in English, but that's all. I thought it. Yeah. He's probably just like super interested in it. Yeah, I mean, you know, you got to assume that after a while he would just go. You know, amongst other writers and stuff, he would probably want to t- tip his toe into something not horror. You know what I mean? And show yeah, he probably, I mean, I mean, like all great writers, they read other books and other things for research. So he probably read a lot of psychological uh, psychology books and so forth and so on. I mean, in in this scene, the whole thing where the warden is playing nice to Gil Bellow's character to get him to confide that you know he'd be willing to, you know, support, uh, you know, Dufresne's, you know, belief that he did not uh, kill that this other guy that he, he, he met in prison. And, of course, getting all that information out so he knew that, well, you know what, if we, that's why he meets him right, like, out there so he can say, oh, he tried to escape. Yeah. Even though, you know, everyone knew that, you know, he just set him up so Clancy Brown could just shoot him in the back and then, you know, just wipe out any possibility of Dufresne getting the fuck out. Yeah. Cleaning up his mess. Yeah. And, and, and I, I mean, the, the warden character is such, such, I, I mean, it's funny because you look at his character and you look at Clancy Brown's character and both of them are evil men. But in the end, the warden is 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 so slick and 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 he's conniving. The he's the ringleader, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, Clancy Brown is 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 the ball peen hammer, and uh, and the warden is 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 the mastermind behind it. Hey, fuck! I really think you should check out Prison with Viva Mortensen. I think you'd really like it. Oh, oh definitely. I'll definitely look into it. Oh yeah, yeah. Because Kane Kane Hodder, he really took acting <clears throat> a little more seriously because he was the stunt coordinator on that shoot. And you know, between you look at Clancy Brown, you look at Bob Gutton, you know, and how their characters are. And you then you look at someone like 
<clears throat> Lewis, uh, what the hell's his name? Not Lewis Smith. But he, you know, he, he was the warden in prison, Lane Smith. And he was so method in, into his character. Kane learned acting a little more about from watching it because when you watch people play the heavies, you know, of, of the, the gravitas, the weight, the sincerity of what they're bringing to their roles. You need to fucking find that place in yourself and wherever you need to get to, that has to be an honest place. And that's what really boils down to, you know, solid performances of just fully encapsulating. You got to find justification for that character in your head. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and here's the thing that's even scary that the, the scariest villains are the ones who are in their mind justified. Oh okay? yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, there's nothing scarier than someone who's willing and has done horrendous things, but yet in their mind, uh, it was the right thing to do. That there was no question on, you know, any morality, no wavering. It was like, you know, so matter of fact, they did this. Exactly. They can justify their actions, as you say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, nothing's scarier than that when you, you're talking to, you know, uh, terrible villains that, you know, they, they believe that they're completely justified, no matter how horrendous, uh, what they did was. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, the, uh, Every villain, really, thinks that they're in the right, right? Yeah. You know, that's that's how you make a villain have good depth. Yeah. Oh, really. Yeah. 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 I, mean, I mean, it's one of the reasons why it's so much more fun to play the villain than the hero, because the villain, you know, you really have to, number one, go into a dark place. And, but you have to, you know, do a lot of mental gymnastics and trying to figure out, oh, this guy just, you know, let's say massacred 20 people. And you have to justify why this guy thinks that what he did was right to himself. Mm-hmm. Because no one does something without a reason for them to feel like it was right. For it could be the most messed up reasoning ever, but there has to be some reasoning behind it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the idea of someone who has absolutely no reason just doing something randomly, I mean, that's just a cop out in like bad writing. Mm-hmm. I agree. I found out recently, I mean, I'm getting back in front of the camera next year and. You know, I'm starting to just write down this character, give him a backstory, you know, to just try to figure out a a character's trajectory and path right before you see him, you know, before he comes into the first frame. And to kind of just knowing that this character is of, of a despicable nature, why I am who the way I am. And I could say... Upbringing, I could say society. And that's the great thing when you're given freedom as an actor, where you can kind of figure out the role instead of like, hey, these characters were already written before. 
you know, and, and this is, you know, your parameters. So, you know, it, it's nice when you can, you know, try something different than had, you know, an original piece rather than something that's been adapted, but still making it honest. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, as an actor, I mean, the whole thing is trying to make uh, even characters that are caricatures, but make them real that you can actually believe that I can walk down the street and bump into this guy. And, I mean, that's actually scarier than any, you know, mythical um, boogeyman that you can come up with. Someone that you can actually walk into a supermarket and, 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 and bump into. Those are the truly scary monsters out there. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like when uh, every act, every character I've played, I've always put, like, part of myself in there. And, like, now I'm starting to do, like, more horror stuff, like, as, like, I'm the creature or I'm the monster. And it's, like, you really kind of have to, like, pick, like, it can bring you into a really dark place. It's, for it's, sure. You have to, like, balance out your, like, your health there. I mean, I can only speak on the director point of view here. I don't really get in front of the camera myself. But when I'm trying to get the uh, the bad guy in the character, I'm trying to my best approach that I've found is to appeal to what their motivation is, what they're doing it for. Not so much, hey, you're going to be the bad guy. You be bad, be bad, very bad. You got to go like, what's your modus operandi? What is the most important thing to you? What are you trying to prevent this person from doing to stop you? What do you want more than anything right now? That's all that matters. Nothing else matters. And if you you find that place with with your actor and you get them to the point where they believe that nothing else matters except this wicked important goal that they have in front of them and nothing's going to stop them, all of the really bad things they have to do seem to come very easily. (laughs) It it, it works. It's That's... When you have a villain that is motivated, and not motivated necessarily by some evil, nefarious, rule-the-world plot, but something just simple as you don't want them to hurt your daughter or something, you get to the core of it, and they have that one thing on their mind that is all that matters, forget it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It works. It works. Like the root of the power, I like that. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's there's so many stories of um, villains that it's like the old saying that the uh, road, uh, the path to hell is paved with good intentions. Yeah, and the fact is that a lot of times you can trace a path of of some of the great villains is that they're doing something uh, which is actually a very noble cause, a noble reason: protect one's family, protect one's village, protect one's you know, livelihood and all that. And then, of course, because of how they had to do it and so forth and so on, they they end up themselves being corrupted by trying to do a good go- goal, which unfortunately ends up corrupting them. Reminds me of an interrogation I just watched not too long ago. This kid, he, like, murdered his girlfriend's father 
And when he got arrested, he's in the room and all the cops are gone and they're just like watching what he's going to do like when he's alone. And he just starts like saying that, oh, it's, I can't even call it self-defense because I was defending her, not myself because of some, something that happened. And then he like stops and looks at the camera and he's like, he starts acting like an evil villain. Like they had, like he has all the information that they need. And if I give this to you, then you're going to give this to me. It's like, it's something fucked up in the brain where you really think that's true. I don't know. I don't know. I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. Little tricks of the brain can get you to be villain, get get you to be a villain real fast. Mm -hmm. I say it all the time, all the time. Our capacity for evil is like right under the surface. Yeah. We're like two choices and one decision being made for us from being a mass murdering homicidal maniac at all times. Well, they're still animals, so it's like a primal thing. Like, we have it. We just choose not to do it. It's exactly. It's like whatever in our brain chemistry would step on that gas pedal, it's like three steps away at all times, in my opinion. I think there's like being in jail, too. Like, that comes out. Yeah. Like, survival. Mm-hmm. survival it, it becomes survival rage and that's it yeah mm-hmm. it's 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 primal it's primitive it's ner- nasty dirty gritty and the worst of you is going to come out in a situation like that stuff you yeah. didn't think you were ever capable it's a doggy dog world there just ain't that's enough cool. there just ain't enough damn dog <laughs> oh boy opening up the safe Putting in the, the books in there. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Maddie, when was the last time you watched this? Uh, maybe a couple years. Alex, what was the last time you watched this? A little bit earlier, but not too much of it. Um, I don't know. I would say probably in the last maybe five or six years. I mean, I think it was like on TV not too long ago. It's Dang. a good movie, but it's not an all-the-time movie, I feel. Yeah, plus also a fact is, I know I've seen this movie, you know, that say probably a dozen times at least, and it's one of those movies when it's on, you know, I I like tossing it on. It, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know, it's, I know it's strange to say this, but I almost like comfort food, because it's a good story. You know how it's going to end. The good guy wins. The bad guy dies or gets punished. And, um, and, and there's kind of a bit of, um, like, um, it's just, that's what a lot of movies like this do, which is, you know, kind of makes you just feel like there's, like, justice or there's some sense of, you know, you know, you know, no matter how bad something happens, that something good can come out of it. And I think this is a perfect movie for that. If you do go with the belief that Andy Dufresne is an innocent man, which, of course, we have toyed with the idea that maybe he actually was the one who did it. Uh And, of course, you can ask yourself, is it really bad he killed his unfaithful wife and her lover? I mean, didn't they have it coming to him? But OJ did. Everybody hates him. Yeah, well... Well, that's a little different. They were divorced for like a year. 
the love is love. Come on. Well, f- from what I heard, that and that the guy that got killed with her wasn't even a lover. Just a, a guy glasses, just happened yeah. to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. He's returning her sunglasses, if I remember. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's I. Mean, and of course, they try to make it that he was a lover to try to, you know, again use the whole thing like, well, they kind of had it coming to him, but you know, and the fact was, was he was just—I uh, think he was a waiter at and was returning her sunglasses and just ended up being there Ronald? just when OJ showed up. Talking about Ronald, Ronald Goldman. Yeah, he yeah, was a waiter so. returning her glasses. Yeah. I mean, I a truly innocent guy, which no one talks about because no, no one one's innocent. Him. No one's innocent. Hawk, you can believe whatever you want to believe, Princess. Well, whoever, who, who thinks OJ did it real quick on the dead kids of dirt? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. If the glove think, don't fit. Don't acquit, baby. <laughs> he practically cut her head off. He cut her throat so hard. I remember that. <laughs> oh, and the pictures, the horror, the pictures of the deck, like fucking a pool of blood. Scary. Uh, I remember Judge Ito. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, Judge Ito, dude, milking it, milking it for publicity. And then you got uh, Kato Kalen. Didn't he die? Didn't Kato Kalen die? Well, I remember he made like a. Skinamax movie, like right after. Oh, Kato Kalen? God, yeah, yeah, he tried. He tried bumping into like softcore porn. He tried writing a book. He tried milking that for everything. He didn't know fuck all about that case. Yeah, no, I mean he was just in the back corner in the beach house. He didn't even know what the hell was going on. Talking about cor- porn, he's about to fist that lady. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, ooh. Okay. <laughs> Okay, one of the most uh, uh, biggest plot holes everyone makes a comment about is, okay, if he goes through the hole behind the picture, who put the poster back up after he left? Now, here's a theory I have, okay? Hmm. Now, if you put the tape at the top of the uh, poster and the tape on the bottom of the poster, and then you uh, undo the bottom and you slip in, and the tape is still sticky that in theory should be able to, you know, still, you know, lay back and kind of somewhat adhere. Yeah. To loosen the integrity of the tape. It's gonna I fall. Think you got that. Oh yeah, but but I mean it might still have some sticky left to it. Well you can get like you can do it the way you did it and then like you kinda like do a weird arm thing and like tighten one spot, like kind of push it down, and then you just kind of like let gravity hit the other one. So yeah. either way, you're still you're not going right to see track. it offhand. I think you're on the right track, Hawk. I do. He did the top first, probably, and you know, got in there and let it fall down, and that's that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and then all of a sudden, he hears a little boop, 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 boom. It's kind of genius. They unless they, that one situation where he threw the thing through, you would never fucking imagine mm-hmm. that that's what happened. Is he went Ooh. through? Oh my god, he's he's sure. fisting Raquel Welch. Oh, oh. no fucking so lose. That's what happens. It's a gaping hole there. Now that no, that fucking is, business. That is, a, that is a big hole. <laughs> it's a gave her the business, man. Mm. Thank you. 
And now they're trying to find got the hounds. Let's drown these dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My 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 hound Duke is going to going to track down Mr. Dufresne. Oh, look, I found his his overalls. <laughs> and a little hammer that he used to escape. Have you seen that meme of the bloodhound supposed to be searching for a prisoner and all they have is his underwear? And they're like, I ain't sniffing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There it is. So he started this right when he first got in because that was the first thing he asked for, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, he actually, he asked for that initially for the rocks, and then when, and when he was there, he decided to, you know, carve his name, and then, of course, that thing just fell apart, and he was like, you know, hey, I'm going to be here for a while, let's see how long it takes me to, you know, dig in, uh, dig through the wall, and see where that leads to. Did he have a roommate? No, no. That see, see th- this is yeah, back during a time when, uh, you know, occupancy uh, in uh, prisons weren't quite as 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 popular as they are now. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Back when you have your own single, you know, prison cell, you know, your own little toilet all to yourself to have to share it with Big Bubba. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, a lot of dirt for him to go put in the yard like that. Gray dirt. Gray concrete dirt. I feel like somebody mm-hmm. picked up on that. Yeah, well, I mean, heck. I mean, I'm sure the prison guards weren't quite intelligent themselves and, of course, weren't being paid a lot to begin with. So mm-hmm. they probably just didn't even took, take the time to, you know, look around or, you know, keep their eyes open. True. Sliding in all the stuff. Now. The good old switcheroo. Heck yeah. He's going to be taking the warden's coach. I love how he's just like going shopping pretty much. Like, this will look good. Yeah, I think uh, me and the warden are about the same size, same kind of shoe size. No one's going to look down at my shiny shoes that I shined myself. Heck yeah. So shiny, I can see my face in it. Chicken. Mm. Yeah, Actually, it's, fun- it's funny because I read a thing uh, saying that in this scene coming up when he's, you know, crawling through the sewer where he's supposed to be crawling through, you know, you know, shit and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Then, of course, it's not real shit. They 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 made like a, a big like chocolate uh, mess to, you know, uh, look like shit and all that. Uh, supposedly that... They use so much of it that rumor is even to today you have a uh, a hint of a smell of chocolate in the area where they filmed that because they use so much. Damn, that is a ghost. The smell of a ghost. Alex, I would just want to. I just want to point out you have had some fantastic factoids about this movie all episode. I, I'm sorry, but I out of all of the Stephen King films, this mm-hmm. one is I've seen the most, and this one I've 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 watched like almost every review show on it, every like top ten facts on Shawshank Redemption. So, don't give not away, saying I'm going to be able to do this on any other film. 
Don't give away your tricks off. You just take the compliment. Yeah. Now we now we now now we you're just a regular person now. Uh not the Hawkman no more. There's nothing regular about Hawk. Yeah, right. I'm not a regular man anymore. Oh wait, wait, wait. Okay. And, ooh, now he gets hit by the chocolate, you know, splurge mountain. Now he gets oh. crawl into the sewer. Damn. Damn. That's the tough part right there, man. Well, I mean, if it truly was made out of, you know, great chocolate syrup, I mean, heck. Yeah. yeah. In the fantasy world of the film, though. Yeah. That'd have to be one of the, the hardest parts of that rotten shit, dude. You'd probably be throwing up. You'd be fucking slipping and sliding in it. Yeah. yeah. And the good. smell is not good. No. No. Our septic system just, like, exploded. So, like, our whole parking lot would smell like that, like, every three days. Ew. Yeah. Mm. So it's just, what, like, all point? concentrate in one spot? Mm-mm. Maybe you had somebody busting out of prison nearby, and that's what it was. <laughs> I think so. Uh, Tim oh, Roberts auditioning for Magic Mike at the moment. Take it off. He's getting the shit off of him. Jesse, how many cats do you have over there? I have three. And you've seen all of them tonight. Yeah. And this is the iconic shot, okay? Anyone who's ever seen Shawshank have him standing with the water hitting him. It's been used on the multiple of Shawshank DVD covers and all that. And at least 38 SEAL videos. Yeah. (laughs) That shot was in powder as well, wasn't it? Yeah, and I also think of Pleasantville. Oh, yeah. I love that movie. Pleasant. Mr. Dufresne seems to close out the bank accounts and take the warden's money. Oh, yeah. How long was he gone for? Did it ever, before they realized it, did it ever get into that? Um, Pretty good job. Before the warden found out? Oh, the money? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Like, you'd think that he had, you know, he could have a good jump start, you know, getting out of there, going to the bank. Yeah. Well, maybe the warden, like, didn't really know because he yeah, wasn't he really would've. in, like, dealing with it, you know? Yeah, I guess he wouldn't know about that. Yeah. Probably the moment when they have the bloodhounds searching for him is like the moment he actually walks into the uh, bank to clear out all the accounts. Hmm. So, you know, the warden's uh, still assuming that he might still be in the area. And then, of course, he gets the wonderful news on on the newspaper showing all the crooked stuff that he's done. It's go time. And then he goes and you know, checks, and and the cops are coming for him. Cops are going to take him out. He wouldn't survive going to his own prison. <laughs> He'd be finished. Uh, uh, I, I I always love this scene when he opens up the uh, the Bible, and then you know he finds that hiding spot for the for the the uh, little pickaxe right. that he uh, used. Oh shit. Oh shit! They're coming. 
Uh, Clancy. Clancy Brown is going to be taken away. He's going to find how it feels like to be in prison. How long do you think he lasts in prison? The grand come up. Oh, dude, he didn't make it eight minutes. More yeah. than five, uh, five day. Two He's minutes. The first night. He he less uh he he less less time than the chubby guy that he beat to death. Well, that or they fucking just gang rape him. Yeah. Of course, the warden is, is, is yeah, warden, warden knows that he won't last any uh, length of time, so he takes his own life. He's gonna punch out, baby. Yeah, well, boom. I like how the inmates kept saying. Well, he was saying if he gets caught, he's going to be one of us. And yep. it's like, yo, what if he did get put in his own prison? That'd be hilarious. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. For the first time. This scene always reminded me of the beginning of the first Puppet Master. Yeah, you, know, you don't think... Yeah, a little bit. Oh, a little bit. But, I mean, you know, I, I know I know the situation is slightly different, but it's like, you think, you know, when you think he's going to kill himself... Which he does, and you know, you have the Nazis coming in where it's like, you know, now he's going to be incarcerated, his character's going to be, you know, and he, he takes his own life. I mean, as one probably would when staring that kind of situation down. Uh, yeah. He knows, he knows if he goes into prison. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah. he as, you know, but it's either go to prison or, be tortured by the Nazis and unveil your puppets. Nobody wants to unveil their puppets. <laughs> you stay away from my puppets. Hawk, you're definitely staying away from my effect shot. If he brought oh. the puppets in the prison, he'd probably he'd be more entertaining and last longer, probably. Yeah, well, when you're a puppet in prison, you know, uh, it's not There's fun a being a meat puppet. puppet. What about the Muppets go to prison? I bought them. <laughs> Kermit becomes the ringleader. Get OJ in there. It's comedic how OJ makes fun of it, like, uh, you know, like we do on the Dead Kids of Bury. He he said something recently about fucking... He was in the media for saying something recently about the killings, which is always funny. But he lost all his money over it. The fam, the Ron Gold, Ron Goldman's family sued him, in like uh, out like some other fucking deal, like not the murder charge, but like uh, and they won. Oh, he tried to steal his shit back. Well, no, they won. They took all his money because uh, it's a weird thing. Like he like he got he got off on the overall murder charge, but they somehow like he was negligent or something weird, where like they were able to take all his money. And that's why he was in, he was selling off his merch, off his sh- memorabilia, and then he tried to steal it back. Or yeah, I remember hearing that. Yeah, I'm going to try to steal it back. Got in trouble again. But he's, like, ruthless about it, where he goes, because he lost all his shit, he don't care about it. He's like, he makes a joke of it. It's very interesting. The OJ thing is super interesting when you really think about it. It's it's a it's a story, man. It's it's a wild story. It's It's... I've seen the people. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a lot of dimensions. A lot of lot of dimensions. Wasn't this movie ninety four and so was OJ? Yeah. Yeah, it was the same year. There's relevance to the conversation. Mm -hmm. It's all the same time frame. That's what I thought. 
I mean, that's funny. I think I say I love this scene where, you know, uh, Morgan Freeman pretty much says, you know, you know I don't even know what, what uh, rehabilitation really means. And he says, I understand what you guys think it means. And, and you know, so you can mark a little check in the box and feel okay. And, you know, what? in the end, I just don't give a shit to let me go. <laughs> They're yeah, like, you got this, After he says that, they finally let him go. You had to be real with him. They just wanted you to be real with him. Be honest. Yeah. Honestly, I like how he says, you know, that guy I used to be, I'm no longer that guy anymore. If I could go back and tell him to smarten up, I would, but, you know, made a bad mistake, and because of that, I'm here. Which goes into the thing earlier. If he was there for, they, they talked about him doing terrible things, it'd be more difficult in this scene. It would take a while. True. He's not super convincing. It's like he's saying it knowing that they're not going to let him out. I mean, how many hearings did he have? Most well, likely it, multiple. Well, this is the third one in in the movie that we see. And, of course, uh, just assuming that, you know, uh, every few years he gets it, you know, and how long he's been in there. And now he's approved. He he's a finally, free man. He finally can leave because he finally uh, finally gave up the charade and says, yep, I fucked up. I'm here. You know, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yep. Death penalty. He was approved for the death penalty. We're going to fucking retire him out. Well, you dude, approved dude, for the dude. gas chamber. You know what's uh, what's the death penalty is finally being let go into reality because reality is a death penalty within itself. I guess. Yeah. Uh, we learned with Brooks, yeah. Yeah. Because, heck, you have to go out there and, I mean, heck, trying to survive in the real world really sucks. Well, it's a blessing that he has those instructions to go to the field. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like if he didn't have his friend, then he probably would have killed himself. Because he was think- thinking the same way that Brooks was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he ends up in the same uh, same room as Brooks. I almost wonder if they give that to him for a night or two. If that's like part of the release, it's very very coincidental if it just happens to go to the same hotel. Yeah, I think I think it's just a a regular halfway house that like all prisoners go through. Yeah, yeah. That's that's even back then that was kind of the, the the pipeline of getting out of jail. You, unless you had if you didn't have a place to go. Yeah. Like your mom's house or sister or wife or you had a house and you know before you went in or whatever, you usually yeah. went to the same preordained spots. Yeah. I had a cop come in actually uh like last week and he had this guy with him i thought he was a homeless dude because he had like all these bags and stuff and um apparently he got out of jail and the cop drove him to the bus because like where i work is a bus station Mm. and um yeah he like fed him Mm. and made sure he got on the bus all right and paid for the ticket so i was like no shit it probably came from the jail itself but like they still set you up at least 
I think that you know the good cops can really <laughs> have sympathy for him. You know they don't they don't want to kind of set him off in a bad way. If you can show them kindness when they get out, it's a good kickstart to their new life. You know. Yeah. Oh, for sure. See, Morgan Freeman never was shown kindness until this film. They gave him the shirt too. Why it's so white? I thought there was a lav mic on his shirt for a second. I said, that's a flub up. There's a problem. Yeah. Where did he get the automobile? Did he steal it? Is that part of the deal? Hey, 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 that is, that is not cool saying because he was a criminal that he stole the car. You know? Because he's riding in the back of the back. <laughs> it was a different time back in the day. No, no, no. See, see, he, the he stole the, the car with the driver in it. Okay, and <laughs> says, "You found me to this place." This is just like Seven, actually. The end, the end scene of Seven, where he goes into the field. What's in the bag? Type shit. What's in the bag? What's in the bag? It was a box. Oh well. Well, what's in the box? I was thinking of Alex's show, pre Cast show. What's in the bag? With Alex yeah, yeah. For those who might oh, not know, back in the old days before Boombasticast, yeah. um, up uh, in Bull, uh, Bull Moose is a video store near me that's up in uh, New Hampshire. And when you go up there, you can buy, like, for five bucks, like, 10 or 20 DVDs loose in the bag. And I used to. Do, uh, you know, buy one of those and then do sort of like, so what's in the bag? What's in the bag? Oh, okay. Does those still exist? Are those still out there floating around? Uh, honestly, I don't know. I think I erased all of them. Oh, I only okay. did about maybe 10 of them and got like, maybe a total of like 20 views on all 10 throughout yeah. like the five years I had them up there. Well, you tried and that's what's important. They were entertaining. Yeah. I liked them. I thought they were fun. Yeah. Well, it was kind of like, eh, no one's really watching. No one really cares. So it just moved on. Only the important people are watching. <laughs> 20 so. You only need the 20 important people. True, true. Oh, yeah. Hey. Hey, Morgan. Are you building a wall? Are you going to build a wall? Mm-hmm. Are the Maynards going to be paying for that wall? Dig a hole, find some money. Ooh. I'm going to dig myself a hole to find the hidden gold. Or maybe he'll find the box with Gwyneth Paltrow's head in it. Surprise, <laughs> I was done one of those cuts, you know, when they re-edit movies into each other. Mm. Mm. Yeah, the one movie where Gwyneth Paltrow gave head. Oh my. She's probably done it more than once. It's the only one I know of, but oh, hey. Tell me why Zoe in the building again. I'm digging. Doing a cool style. No, I denied Tree. Yeah. Mixed with a stinger, with Sting. Yeah. Sting looking at you too there. I'm digging it. Hey, is that the Titanic on that lunchbox? Oh, yeah. Big IOU in there. Big fuck you. 
Hey, I owe you a get-out-of-jail-free car. That cocaine? Sniper takes his head off. <laughs> I told you I'd get you back. It's the Abraham Lincoln letter from fucking Hateful Eight. Oh, key? Oh, shit. Okay, guys, we're going to the club. It's time for Candy Cane to lick some candy. This is probably an error. <laughs> that was great. James liked that one. That was funny. <laughs> I got it immediately. Good man. I try. I try. See, occasionally I come up with a good joke. Always, always. Always, always. Even when your jokes are bad, they're great. Even when they're bad. And he's reading the letter. Dear Red, I'm at this great club right now. Candy Kane is looking at me very thirstily. And I told her I can get her some good old trousers, think. You coming, boy? <laughs> Louisiana. What's his trousers, think? You know, from um, Full Metal Jacket. Full Jacket. Little trousers. Also from Jay and Silent Bob. Oh, yeah. Right back, I believe. Speaking of uh, Kubrick there, the um, Haywood Haywood, uh, Floyd, William Sadler's character is actually, that name's taken from... um, he plays a NASA administrator in uh, the Dude Road 2001: A Space Odyssey. Is it Alan C. Clark? Arthur C. Clark? Oh yeah, that's where that that's where that character's name comes from. It's from uh, 2001. Oh, cool. Who believe it? I believe I'm pretty sure that Kubrick wrote the book with Clark. Like it was a weird thing like that. Like the book wasn't written before the movie. They sat down and like wrote the book together. And then he made the movie, if I remember correctly. <clears throat> I think he's credited on the book. I don't know. But we know that what how Haywood, Floyd, that's where his name comes from. I want to know whatever happened to the William Sadler character. That's the real character I care about in this film. He got oh, gassed. I know what happened. He died, and he got nominated to take over the role of Death. And then he oh, helped out these two young boys... Uh, had a a group called the Wild Stallions. He had to save the world. Save the world with their music. Another sequel just as good as the first movie. I like when when they go to hell. I think that's a great fucking... Oh, yeah. Bogus Journey is fucking fantastic. Fantastic movie. Grandmother. I've seen that in theaters. I had to turn my head when I was scared as a kid. Things were too much for me. I just turned my head to the side. And the grandmother scene made me turn my head to the side in Bill and Ted's bogus journey. <laughs> Woo! People get afraid by the Easter Bunny. They say that's the scariest part of it. I go, Dad, nah, dude, it's a grandmother. Fucking all day long, it's the grandmother. I can say basically 100%. Aside from Full Moon, which was a big inspiration, Bill and Ted's bogus journey was one of those movies that really got me into special effects makeup because I love all of those Kevin Yeager creations, whether if it was doing the old lady on um, Alex Winters. 
doing an old lady. From his own grandmother to the animatronics that basically were utilized at Child's Play, on Child's Play 2 at that time and mm-hmm. trying to extrapolate it and make something different with that Easter Bunny. And even station the design of uh, the aliens. Um, yeah. That movie definitely was a big influence. As we, we, just took, we just took a non-bogus journey. Mm-hmm. So everybody here came into this being a fan. Everybody liked this before we watched it, right? Nobody was bored yeah, with yeah. it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And everybody's still on the same page. Absolutely. It's still yeah. a five out of five George experience. <laughs> this is, uh, do you think this is the best adaption? This is the overall best film, so to speak. Not so maybe entertainment-wise, but just capacity of like, I don't know what you want to say, not influence, but like, because this is, you know, it's definitely not a horror film, but it's one of the be- better dramas of the 90s, I'd have to say. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I mean, I mean, the thing is, um, I have to admit, in my case, I haven't read the or- original um, short story, so I can't, uh, you know, say h- how it compares. Uh, but I do think that, first of all, I think the adaptations of Stephen King's works that usually are the best are the ones that are based on his short stories instead of his full full length because it's always easier to take a short story and then expand upon it. But when you have like a full, like, you know, let's say a thousand page book or novel or all that, and you try to, you know, put that in a film, there's a lot of shit you're going to cut out. And of course that's going to upset some fans. And also a lot of times you miss a lot of important stuff that you need to know. That's why they did so many miniseries as yeah. their ways of trying to, you know, flush out as much as they could. Um, I think Shawshank is definitely one of the best uh, adaptations. I mean, there's a lot of others that are going to be coming up. Um, I would say Green Mile and Secret Window are two others I consider uh, in the same category as Shawshank as being very great adaptations and very good films within their own right. Mm-hmm. So, sure. Yeah. I mean, there's others that I consider guilty pleasures, which uh, we'll be talking about later, like uh, The Langoliers. Uh, <laughs> but it is not a great movie within itself. <laughs> I'm looking forward to Night Flyer. Oh fuck yeah! Way. Night flyers, night flyers, like highest on my list as of what's coming. We're out. not that far off because that yeah. was like we're we're at ninety four. That was what ninety seven. So we're not that far off. It's within the next year or so that we'll be doing tackling night flyer. But my thoughts on Shawshank are: it's an impeccable movie that they built out. Like Hawk was saying, it's a it was a short initially, but they built out from that short and expanded on so much. That I feel like calling it an adaptation is almost kind of unfair to the movie. That's why I was like, ah. mm-hmm. <laughs> because because it, it is a little unfair to say, oh, this is an adaptation of a Stephen King short story. It's like the Stephen King the, the short story was twenty three pages long. This this yeah. movie's a uh, two almost two and a half hour odyssey of yeah. of uh, trials and tribulations of this poor poor bastard. 
Um, hey, hey, James, I got a question for you. Okay, since uh, we've had a uh, had uh, the episode dealing with the lawnmower man. Yeah. Now, with with that one, okay, the short story itself, of course, is so completely different from what they actually means in the movie and. From what I know of the short story and, and and the movie, I think the movie is a better story than the original short story. Now, oh, it's not even a question. Yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, looking at this with um, you know, Shawshank and the original short, do you think that this is? Do you think the short is an? It's another one of those where they took it and then went in. A different direction where it's a lot better than the short, or do you think there's something in the short that is missing that they should have put into the uh, into the movie? No, I mean besides Red's ethnicity, there yeah. wasn't much to really admin ad, ad, adapt beyond that as far as like making changes. There wasn't really much to change. Hmm. Um. So no, I, I think besides that, it was pretty on the money for what King was trying to say. It's a great movie. I just, I personally think that they did so much even beyond what Lawnmower Man did with that story. They did so much to make it its own thing. And they made it great. Like, I don't think it needs to be called, I don't think it's necessarily fair to call it an adaptation because they did such, so much incredible work to flesh that out. Yeah. It's almost unfair. Like I would say inspired by Stephen King rather than an adaptation of his work would be mm. where I would go with it. Oh. I know that they call it an adaptation, it's probably rightly so, so that Stephen can get the you know, check he deserves to get cut from it. It has to be called an adaptation, but it's so much more than that. It it really is a really fantastic Example of taking something small and making it so much bigger. Well, and elaborating on that, I guess where I'm giving my thoughts on this movie, I think this is a classic. And I think how it comes from a short story and expanded on the only movie I can compare it to that I also consider a classic is From Beyond. Because you have a short story that essentially is written as the pre-title sequence. And how do you elaborate on that? How do you create a story that basically bec becomes another classic? So, to, you know, to have these shorts and extrapolate on them to really make them their own thing, it's, um, it's hit or miss. And there are a lot of misses out there, but there are very few hits and, I think, I mean, I know it's bizarre to compare Shawshank to From Beyond, but, you know, that's kind of where I draw my line. I mean, I think Lovecraft is equally, or I think King is equally as brilliant as Lovecraft. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I, I agree. I think Stuart Gordon was another fantastic example of taking something small and making it a much larger fleshed out more interesting thing especially from beyond yeah because and, from and beyond like it's just that first like 10 minutes that's all it is that, that's all the show that's all the story is and he took it from there and brought it out to that whole thing afterwards 
And, and I mean, Stuart and Gordon the same thing can also be said, like what Stuart Gordon did with the outsider for Castle Freak and extrapolating yeah. that. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. I, 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 and one I just saw recently and I couldn't get over how good, and I, I imagine you probably saw it, James, is Suitable Flesh. Um, Joe Lynch, thumbs up. I mean, it was late to the party for my best of 2023 list. I only got to watch it like over the last couple of days, but oh my God. So good. So good. And so good. Yeah. So, so, you know, I mean, I think that's just, yeah, that's, I mean, it, this movie, Shawshank is a classic and yeah. it's so hard to take something that's only like 15, 20 pages long and build on it. And Darabont did an amazing job. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Was this Darabont? No. Yeah. This was well, Chuck. Right there, was, yeah. yeah, you know what it, yeah. And that's my final words, and that's all I gotta say. Yeah. yeah. I really enjoyed this movie. When I first saw it, I actually watched uh, The Green Mile, like, right after it. So yeah. for many years, I thought this was, like, one giant movie. Me too. Like, mixing the two together. Yeah. So, I don't know, watching it again, like, I realized that I enjoy movies that make you think and realize uh, human nature. And I feel like this movie really, like, makes you think about it and captures it well. So, yeah. five jorts out of me. Wonderful. Five jorts. For sure. God, was your typical... I did not jota. I did not. I'm sure it was... Oh, hi, Mark. Promoted as a Stephen King movie. But I'm sure that hurt it when you have your typical Stephen King fan coming out and going, getting a drama. You know, your typical horror fan getting a drama is always going to be a little issue for them. I don't think it's a mystery why Shawshank Redemption, Green, well, not so much Green Mile, but close. But Shawshank Redemption and Bridges, Bridges of Madison County bombed. Yeah. You said it's a Stephen King thing. There's an expectation that's already set. Yeah. Of what kind of thing it's going to be. Yeah, and when you don't deliver mile. that, word of mouth goes fast. Yeah. The Green Mile does have the supernatural element to it. So it's still kind of like, it still kind of caters to this typical Stephen King fan. Yeah. Which is why I think it ended up all in all doing better at the box office. But at least Shawshank, less so Bridges, Bridges of Madison County, but at least Shawshank, when it was all said and done, Shawshank ended up having a nice financial turnaround through home video and and HBO and all that stuff. So that's good. That's good. Because it deserves it. It deserves it. It was a really well done movie. And this allowed Frank Darabont to do another one of my favorite King movies, which we'll probably not get to until like 2026, but The Mist. Yeah. And he waited forever for them to let him do that ending. Yeah. held that movie up for like 10 years or something like that. I, I I love that story about that movie because I love that he dug his heels in so hard on it. Like, it has to end this way. You don't understand. It has to be this way. And he finally won. Yeah. Finally got that ending, which... Well, I mean... To be honest, I, mean, I was going to say, as, as, a fan of the, as, as a fan of the story, the, the, the written story, if I went into it and I didn't get that ending, I'd have been pissed the fuck off. Yeah. I love how Lovecrafty in that movie is. I, I mean, I love everything about the mist. Blessing. Well, I mean, I mean, the thing is, while as I said, I mean, you, you love Shawshank, 
for the fact that, I mean, as in the title, it's the Shawshank Redemption. He does get, you know, get free. He does, you know, the, the, uh, our hero, uh, you know, Dufresne gets out and, and our, our other friend, uh, Red also gets out. Actually, there was a point. Now, I forget exactly, but they had more of a downer ending originally for this. Mm. I forget how, how it was supposed to be. Um, I think it was more of like, uh, like more, more, uh, not so clear. Like they didn't have Red meeting up with Dufresne. And, uh, and the thing is they, they shot pretty much with him, uh, you know, just getting the the, uh, the note at the wall and kind of ending there. Mm. And uh, I think the producers were like, no, no, after seeing everything that Dufresne went through and Red went through, you got to have a scene where they meet up and you, you literally tell the audience that these two guys that you have put your heart and soul in and watched, that, you know, you got to have them meet up at the end. Yeah. And so, you know, all the him leaving and then finally meeting up with Dufresne was, I think, after a test screening. Because the other one they thought was a little bit amb- ambiguous about whether, you know, they, w- there, they would actually meet up and, you know, you know, find some kind of peace in, in the future. You know, you gotta, I, I gotta agree with that too. Like, if they had gone with a more ambiguous, kind of non-closure ending like that like everything like like life just goes on and they didn't close the circle like that i'd have been pretty pissed off like that seems powerful that that close is is very important to yeah. to bring in this whole thing home you know what i mean this wraps everything up nicely yes exactly and for what you go through in this story because it's like i mean we're joking and laughing and having fun on the dead kids here because it's what we do but if we had the volume up, I don't think any of us would have been doing that because most of this movie is very hard, very rough. Yeah. yeah. Very, very emotionally difficult to, 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 to get through, you know? Yeah. And, and I hope no one thinks that we don't, don't respect the material or anything. I mean, they know we respect We, we have huge reverence for this film and other stuff that, you know, Stephen King has done. But, uh, you know, also, I mean, we we have fun poking at at fun and trying to find a little humor in 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 a dark situation, and uh, I mean that's the best way to get through it. I think. Believe it. I agree. We don't need no education. Well, this will be the uh, final episode of the year. So, uh, Merry Oof. Christmas and Happy New Crazy. Year for dead kids for sure. Crazy. Oh, um, I'm going to announce he, I just got news today. Uh, I think I'm going to be Santa Claus next weekend. Word up. Um, awesome. Like Tim Allen, like real Santa Claus shit or? Yeah. Like dressing up and dealing with kids. And it's a paid gig. Oh my God. Congratulations. It's going to be on you at an Italian bakery. How do you, how do you I mean, I'm just gonna say, what do you like? Sit on my lap. What do you want? How that happen? An Italian bakery? You're gonna be a Santa Claus? Yeah. How'd that come about? Like an Italian Santa Claus? 
Yeah, so I'm 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 channeling my Santa Claus conquers the Martians, Saint Nick. I'm channeling a little bit of Tim Allen. I guess I'm just going to be dealing with kids pissing and shitting all over me. Yeah, and I can't see what they Bill Clinton dealing with the kids. I can't see you dealing with the kids at all. I see you angrily puffing butts. <laughs> be like Billy Bob Thornton going oh, over there. You're all right with kids. We'll see. No, how kids, kids love me. I, I I am a big kid. I want to see footage of this. It didn't happen. So are the roommates. I think they're going to come record it. <laughs> Yeah, tell them to send us a vid. I'd like to see a vid. You getting paid handsomely for this, or? I'm getting paid. I'm find out more when they call me back tomorrow. I have I have very specific needs. I need photos of you as you're getting ready as Santa. Yeah. I need finished photos of you as Santa, working in the store. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No. No. I, and I need. And thirdly, thirdly very important. Very important, Billy. I need to see video of you performing as Santa Claus. Me too. Because this is going to be one of the best acting roles if I get this thing. This has to be documented. This is important. (laughs) For posterity. Records going in the time capsule that's going to be opened in like 2100. Oh, 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 Merry Christmas party. What do you mean if you get it? You got to audition for it? No. They basically said to me, Hey, you know anyone who can be a Santa next weekend for us? And I'm like, well, I'm a makeup artist, and I've done some suit work. And they're like, give us your contact info. And But they've known me for years. So I'll be finding out tomorrow if I get it or not. That's like that's like three or four hours if you happen to be up and jolly. I can do that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, but that's a lot. That's a long time. Then you got kids bothering you and stuff. I, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a morose piece of shit. I mean, this would I be. I didn't say you were. I just, uh, you know, I know that, you know, every now and then kids aggravate you. I've been around you when kids. Oh, dude, you. I yeah. aggravate myself. So this is going to be just look, I look like a pineapple. Yeah. Um, well, don't put your cigarette on any of the kids' heads when you get out. I sincerely hope none of the kids pee on you. They don't, don't, don't. I, know. unlike them, am an agent of chaos and hope all of these things happen. <laughs> pull off then the it got me thinking, what if I just buy a Santa costume? Well, that's probably better off. What, are you going to make it? You're going to make No, no. Like, what if I buy, dude, I mean, ever since they told me about this, what if I could make some, like, horror toys, get, get my own suit, do some crazy, you know, Santa Claus killing kids, the naughty list. But for an Italian bakery? <laughs> well, no, but but that's just like... Oh, okay, okay. That'll be like the friendly day job. Secondary. It's like in the back of my head, like, where could I... What horror perverse way could I play with this? I'm like, let's do killer toys, and I'm giving what them naughty kids. He's going to kill them with cannolis. What you, yeah, what are you doing? you like, handing out gifts? Are they sitting on your lap, and you're getting their requests? What exactly are you doing? I think that's it. I think kids are just yeah, going to be sitting on my lap, like... You know, like, I want a football. I want a Barbie. I want an Oppenheimer. We're gonna I put want a, a Billy Coin pull toy. Put a blue chew in Bill's water and see how I want a Billy Coin pull toy. You gotta be fucking kidding me. Where's the pizza? Where's the pull Bill's string? Right here. No, I mean extras. The pull like, string is a little south <laughs> of the border. I don't like where it is going. I don't think it's a good idea. Yeah, I don't it's think it is either. This is not the marketing oh, the dead kids need. Oh, no. Oh. 
I'll I feel see like, you. Like, I feel like we're setting ourselves up for disaster, especially on pull string location. Let's not do it. Billy will be on channel Fox 25 News. You know what I mean? Yeah, Fox 25 News, kid. I'll see you on there. I'm saying. Burning Merry Christmas and beware of the pollstering. Got it. Yes. <laughs> Merry Everyone Christmas, have a fantastic everyone. Christmas. Look out for the pollstering. Yeah. Jorts. Remember jorts. your jorts. Remember your jorts. Very important. Bill Very Santa important. And drunk old You don't want to skin your thighs. Jorts. <laughs> I dig, I dig, I dig. Well, we'll see. We'll have to catch up next time with how everything went with Christmas with Bill Coyne and Santa Claus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, we need updates. I need I get it. What a cliffhanger. I need updates. <laughs> and then we'll later, updates. This month, later this month, we'll have the, the Boombastic Christmas on the YouTube page so people can see. <sighs> Bill, Don't forget be- our Patreon. In the Patreon. You get it early on the Patreon. You should have done Santa Claus for the special. We, I, I heard rumors Santa Claus might be stopping into the show. We a Billy Coin Santa Claus would have been even better. Oh man, you should be Evil Claus, and then you could argue with the real Santa. Well, the, you know, Ooh. Yep. I'll be Sandy Other. Claus. Sandy Claus. S A N T L C L A U S. Hooray for Sandy Claus! I don't know how to spell. Yes, you do. I believe in you, Jesse. I believe in you. All right. Bill, take care of yourself over there. I'm worried about you now. Me too. I know. I'm curious. Yeah, this could become dangerous and urgent. Are you going to get fully blasted out of your mind high before you do this? or Dude, around kids? No fucking way. You're going to go in straight? Oh, my God. Bill, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to. Be way funny. <laughs> you ain't going to dig, brother. You ain't going to dig. You ain't going to be enjoying. Um, I'm going to have to. I'll endure. Don't drink, just smoke vape weed. Vape I'm weed not going to drink. I said, don't drink. Santa Claus vape drink. Weed. Well, Santa has the pipe, but I don't want kids asking, what's in the pipe, Santa? Vape weed in the bathroom, like a normal, you know. Like, like a normal like Santa a normal Claus. Adult. What do you think? <laughs> now, nah, it'll be good. Just don't lose your smile, Bill. It'll be all right. But that was glory, glory. Ooh. Oh, my. All right, cool. I thought we had a malfunction. Well, we'll wrap it up before we have a malfunction. We hope everybody uh, happy holidays out there. We'll catch you all on the next episode of The Dead Kids of Derry. All the dead kids. I'm Vicky Burroughs. I'm Nancy Paul Carter. We're all 